I said no more surprises, but I was really hoping to pull off one last one. Dickinson, Spezza, and Klingberg. Here comes Radulov for Ben. Jamie Ben, cross-ice pass, shot, score! Peace, 4-1 Dallas! The world has changed. None of us can go back. All we can do is our best. And sometimes the best that we can do is to start over. And the Blues able to capitalize. It is Robert Thomas with 6.16 to go, Kendall. It was a great shot, and you don't need a stick to save a shot like that. All these people die. I keep telling everybody they should move on. Some do, but not us. The Dallas Stars win game four. Series even. Even if there's a small chance, we owe this to everyone who's not in this room to try. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. everything that is how we start this show which is the two guys no cup <laughs> podcast it is thursday mm-hmm. may second yeah mother may I? <laughs> <laughs> we are coming to you from the sausage capital of the world Kenosha, Wisconsin. I don't know if that's true. In fact, I would wager a good amount of money that it's not, but Mm -hmm. that's where our buoyant and impenetrable studios are today. (laughs) Are we on the water? (laughs) We're buoyant, but we're not we're not on the water. (laughs) We just could be. We just could be. We are seaworthy, but we're not. We're like a houseboat. (laughs) Exactly. This podcast is like a houseboat. Welcome to the greatest houseboat slash podcast in the St. Louis hockey (laughs) community. It sounds like a good idea, but it's Really, just an awful idea. And we can party on Lake Michigan when it's 12 degrees sometime. Mm-hmm. And the boat is frozen in the water, but it's not even on the water. So, you know, Mm-mm. it's just a boat <laughs> on dry land when it's really cold. Useless. Uh, speaking of useless, you want to jump right into this game that mm-hmm. you didn't watch last yeah, night? Yeah, walk me through this game. I watched 10 minutes Actually, of highlights. And why don't we start here? You were at a fun thing last mm-hmm. night. Why don't we start with some positivity? Oh, okay. We we can talk about we can talk about your experience of the concert that you mm-hmm. went to. Very good. Mm-hmm. And then your experience <laughs> of finding out about the game. Very bad. Yeah. You yeah. want to walk us through that? 
Yeah, I went to a concert last night at the pageant. Great venue. A very little little known venue. Just hole in the wall. No one goes there. No. Um, I do like the pageant, though. I don't yeah. know. I haven't been to enough other concert venues to stack it up. But I think the last time I was at the pageant, you and me saw Mike Birbiglia. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's... That's been like a year plus. Yeah, I was like a little like, wow. We had a podcast that night. It was mm-hmm. not a podcast. There was a hockey game, though. We lost to Buffalo. It was the one where Evan Rodriguez scored like two goals, and we're real freaky with our memories. Mm-hmm. That was a Steve Dangle memory moment right there. That's a little too bad. You guys remember that time Evan Rodriguez <laughs> scored two goals against the Blues? That was 2014. I remember it. I don't mm-hmm. care. Anyway, go on. Oh, yeah. You were at the pageant. Good concert. Churches. Scottish. I was going to say EDM. Not EDM. Uh techno pop band synthesizer pop it's the one with the v instead of the u yeah. so if any of you people have been pronouncing it chiverches like i used to want to mm-hmm. don't i mean go for it but you're this wrong. is your this is your moment where you learn that preface is pronounced preface and not preface Pre- <laughs> churches is pronounced churches there you go mm-hmm. it was a good concert i saw him there uh, back in 2014, and they remembered. They said they were there five years ago. <laughs> they remembered. <laughs> they remembered you. Hey, they remember me. They waved to me. Um, <laughs> it was really good. Their lead singer, uh, Lauren Mayberry, she's has a very high voice. Uh, the first time I saw them, she was a lot more timid and didn't really move around the stage very much, and was an all right singer live. But this time around, I, she's definitely improved over the past five years. She's a, a much better singer, and she's has a much bigger stage presence for someone who's only all of, I believe, just five foot tall. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's a great concert, great you light show. You all may remember churches from the song that closed our yeah. episode last they time. Closed the, they closed the uh, whole concert, concert with that. With that. Mm, yeah. It was dope. It was really good. People were really into that band there. I, I love that band, and people there were like putting me to shame. I was like, oh shit, I know all these songs, so people are screaming them and <laughs> freaking out. I'm like, oh, man, I'm a mild-mannered concert goer. I am, too, generally. same way. But, yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. Um, I put my phone on airplane mode because I was like, I'm not going to let the blues potentially ruin this for me. Oh, and they would have. Yeah. Oh, Were you wearing the Korea jersey? I was not. Yes. See? The Korea jersey. Still undefeated, true. folks. I, I don't know if it. we've mentioned that. Every time I've worn my Paul Korea jersey... The Blues have won this postseason. It's five and zero. I'll wear it tomorrow, so we'll lose. But (laughs) but I'll wear it tomorrow. We'll see. We have to win. You got to wear it. Yeah. But the guy behind me with his girlfriend was talking, and he's like, "Oh, Blues up one nothing." And this is right before churches went on. And I was like, "Oh, you know, did they score? Scored?" And he's like, "Oh, it's Tarasenko on the power play." I'm like, "All right, one nothing." Turn off my phone. Be like, "Well, see what happens." And we left the concert. We got. Uh, in the car, and I turned on my phone. Well, first we turned on the radio. It was Y98, just already set. Y98. Yeah. You're welcome. And uh, it was the game was in Dallas, as you all know, and the crowd was very loud for the two seconds before I smashed the radio button to turn <laughs> it off. And I was like, oh, no. Hopefully they're loud because they're, Dallas is coming back because they're behind. Surely they're behind. And I checked my phone, and it was 4-1, and I... Proceeded to smack my head over and over again <sighs> and act like a crazy person for about 10 seconds before I composed myself and said, you know what, I'm not going to let this team ruin my evening. It was a great concert. 
And uh, I hate this team. I'm sure this experience was pleasant for the other human being who was with you, No, my girlfriend, uh, she knows how I feel about the Blues. <laughs> and as a positive person, she's like, they'll win game five, though. And I don't, I don't, I don't want to break her. So I say, you know what? Yes, you're right. Yes. The moment that she starts to doubt this team was the moment I'm actually angry at the Blues because they've broken this pure soul. Most innocent. I don't care they've harmed me. (laughs) Don't harm this other person that wants to believe. Oh, that's tremendous. That is tremendous. But yes, I found someone very nice because as I smack my head in this car, she's like, yeah. That makes sense. You're very upset about this. <laughs> it was more like humorous, but really I was like, wow, what a pile of garbage. Oh, and what a pile of garbage it was. Now why don't we walk you through my experience of the game, which was watching it. Your Great. experience was bad. I'm going to say mine was worse. Mm-hmm, we can 100%. discuss. We can compare notes at the end. Um, so in one way... This was just a game the Stars had to win. Mm-hmm. You can't go down. You can't be down 3-1. So they did. And if it was revert, if the shoe was on the other foot, I'd be thinking, we have to win. And then if we'd lost, I'd thought, how did you blow it? So th- I guess that's the positive. But <laughs> the, st- the Stars fans are happy. Yep, it's a big positive. But this is- the Stars started off hot, you know, mm-hmm. like they do. Yeah. I mean, it's at home. I I honestly forgot it was in Dallas for a little bit. Mm-hmm. I was already thinking Game Five. And I got I got a couple of shots on. There was a done mistake early, not his biggest mistake, and there was a Bennington <laughs> error a little later that made things a little hairy. Uh, but the Blues persevered, and, and Robert Thomas drew yet another penalty on his patented spin move. Which we'll discuss more in detail later. You think he was a big fan of Beyblade uh, when he probably. was little? Yeah, he was probably, yeah. Spinning too much. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I had this moment. I don't know if you saw the tweet, but they were playing uh, Holiday by Green Day mm. in the <laughs> stadium. And I had this moment because they were showing, I think Bennington had been pulled. It was real near the end. And he was on the bench. And he looked like he was kind of, you know, just a little bit kind of bopping to it. And, uh, and uh, I had this moment where I was like, oh, man, he's too young to even remember when that came out. And then I was like, he's basically my age. Mm-hmm. He's like maybe three years younger than us. I think he was like 25, 26. Yeah, yeah. so basically our age. And so, of course, he knows. Robert that. Thomas would have been born just a couple of years oh, before that song came out. He's never heard of American Idiots. <laughs> American Idiots like a classic. Yeah, that's, that's, old like, oh, that's an oldies for him. You're right. Uh, <laughs> more of an ouch for Billy Joe Armstrong, that when you think about it. Um, so the the Blues got a, a penalty off Thomas getting a high stick from Dickinson. I saw that replay back. Kind of a suspect high stick. Not the most suspect penalty called in this game. We'll discuss. Uh, that... <laughs> How many penalties do you think? Well, you're looking at the notes. Do you know how many penalties Robert Thomas has drawn this postseason? I know you said it was a fair amount. Was it five? It's five. You got it. Uh, I feel like that's good. Yeah. You know, for what is this game 10 of the playoffs? For us, yeah. I mean, one every other game. So that's pretty cool. You'd expect that with his speed and elusiveness. Mm hmm. What was even cooler is that. 
Craig Berube made a strategic adjustment, which coaches can do, apparently, and it paid off immediately. Uh, he moved Vladimir Tarasenko to the right side, which, of course, is his natural shooting side, but not where he typically plays. Um, mm. And uh, he scored a goal. Wait, do I have that reversed? It's his natural playing side, but he's not usually on there on the power play. Correct my brain right now. He plays right wing and he shoots Typically. left. Right. And then on our power play, yes, he's he normally on, on the left. left. So he, he put him on his wing, on his typical playing side, not mm-hmm. his natural you shooting side. And um, in any case, Dunn got the puck at the point and fired it over to Tarasenko and he wound up and just, I mean, it wasn't a slap shot because he doesn't do that, but he just <laughs> sniped it home and it was great. Uh, yeah, I mean, great strategic yeah. adjustment, throw a new look at them, and it's only the second power play goal they've surrendered all postseason, both of them to Vladimir Tarasenko, so not bad. Mm-hmm. Tarasenko has five goals now. I mean, you'd love it to be a little higher, but you can't really complain about one every other game on average. Mm-hmm. Um, well, he's generally been a playoff performer, yeah. production-wise. Yeah, so um, Don and O'Reilly assisting, and the Blues are off to the races, this, except this is that where was I left the high it. point. That was the very absolute I left at the high point. <laughs> um, I think Church has fed off the energy that the Blues had, like Goku sending a spirit bomb, and that mm. was how it all ended. Um yeah, Bennington stood on his head a couple of times before this crapper goal by Jason Dickinson, Tyler Sagan, and Matt Zuccarello assisting. Uh, Zuccarello fired the puck from the blue line. The puck bounced off the inboards to the right of Bennington. Pareko couldn't tie up Sagan, who popped the puck out into the blue paint. Fabry couldn't corral Dickinson, and Dickinson backhanded the puck underneath Bennington's left pad. Uh, it was not a great goal for Bennington to allow, I don't think. You saw mm. the replay of this. What did yeah. you think? I mean, like you said, Fabry should have controlled Dickinson. Preko should have tied up Sagan. That's kind of a little bang-bang play off the backboards, but Bennington is in position to make the save. The puck goes under his left pad. I know he's on his right post. He's thinking, I gotta guard this post, so you're not really quite thinking about having the pad all the way down, but at the same time, I think that's perfect form, is it not to have that left pad along be, yeah, the ice? Yeah, absolutely. So I think as he's kind of cutting over to his left as Dickinson cuts across, he kind of lifts it up as he's moving over, and that gives you a gap down there. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was the most suspect goal from Bennington, from what I saw of this game. Yeah, yeah, I think I agree. Uh, and as you pointed out here, the fourth line couldn't clear the puck again. And like you said... I saw Fabry's numbers, and I was just like, shit. And I mean, not anything against Fabry, but I was just like, that's the fourth line, man. I, I see him in the I offensive zone, I'm in. like, cool. I see him in the defensive zone, I'm like, oh boy. Yeah. Um, just not not a role he belongs in at all. No, and like you mentioned, I'm surprised put they haven't Perron tried to move him up. And put Fabry up higher, if you're playing mm-hmm. for... Or maybe don't guarantee Ravi Fabry playing time for the first time all year in the playoffs. That seems like a weird call. Like, yeah. was Zach Sanford that terrible? He was pretty bad. But, like, <laughs> I don't know. Where's Mackenzie McEachern? Sammy Blay, is he still hurt? I don't know. I don't know. But anyway. Yeah, I know what you're I saying. I think, yeah. I mean, I think maybe Fabry. Because you're not going to pull Steen. I mean, you maybe should, but you're not going to. Yeah. And you can't really replace Barbashev's role down there. So maybe it's time for Fabry to get recycled a little bit. 
Or, like you said, move him up into a more offensive role and see what he has. And see what Perron or, Perron or somebody can do down there. Mm-hmm. Or even you can... I wouldn't want to move Bozak down, but you could, maybe, you know, and see who moves to the wing there. In any case, not bad, or, or not great, <laughs> not the end of the world, or at mm-hmm. least it shouldn't be, until... And really, I mean... Again, this is this is far from a Vegas situation for one thing, yeah. and it's you should just get your momentum back and be fine. But the p- referees call one of the most egregious penalties I've ever seen on Tyler Bozak interfering with Roman Polak. We will confuse their <laughs> names at some point. Um. Yeah, I mean, I texted you about this, and then you got out of the mm-hmm. concert and saw it. Why don't you share your thoughts? <laughs> I mean, I watched it again today. It's is it Robert Thomas basically setting a pick play, or is using Bozak mm-hmm. as his pick man to which, get Polak off of him? Which is illegal. Yeah, theoretically, that's, that's technically <laughs> interference. So, I mean, I I guess this is the right call, but Bozak, like as far as I can tell does not move into Polak to, like, set a pick. He's where he is. Thomas skates right around Bozak to the point that Polak has nowhere to go but hit Bozak, and then that's interference. Mm-hmm. I, I get it, but at the same time, doesn't Bozak have as much right to that ice as Polak does, so now Bozak has to get out of the way? Like, is that the theory? I would theory? think so, yeah. I mean, I've, I would think... And also the other thing is how much then, of this then is... Then you just have defensemen skating into attackers all the time mm-hmm. and just falling over and asking for interference. Well, as Blues fans... God knows the Stars know how to fall over on yeah. the ice. As Blues fans, we know Polak isn't the fastest skater aside from like in a straight line. How much of this is Bozak setting a pick and how much of this is Polak just being slow to get around a guy? Yeah, I think it's mostly the other one. It's, it's crazy to me. It's... Not the worst call, but at the same time, it's a pretty bad call for the playoffs. Yeah. Like, that shit's going on everywhere on the ice. And then you're going to be like, well, I heard Pierre, god awful, was like, well, they caught him. See, they caught Bozak with one. And I was like, okay, so they were just letting all the other shit go. And so this one they had to figure out. This one, no more of this crap. We've seen so many pick plays, which I haven't seen. And this is where we're drawing the goddamn line. By the way, just a real quick aside. The other advantage of you missing this game, I mean, I know you heard the highlights, but that Mm. commentary team was brutal. Mm. And due respect to Kendall Coyne Schofield, I really wanted to say Kendall Coyne Jenner. Um, But (laughs) she's she's commentated on like two games in her career, and then they throw her into a playoff game. Like, that's ridiculous. But she wasn't good, and then Pierre Maguire, who steadfastly refuses to learn from history, was, like, trying to basically walk her through the game, which would be sweet if he didn't sound so condescending while he was doing it, you know? And this, Oh, it, no. It wasn't as bad, but it was similar of, like, hey, wasn't that an interference play on that? Tell us about that, Kendall. And, mm-hmm. like, you know, and he, he said Kendall... 
a thousand times in this game, and I don't think he says Edzo like a billion times when Eddie Olchek's in the booth just What's to funny, like feed his next line to him. What's know? funny is I'll hear him say Edzo every so often, <laughs> but the first thing I think of is exactly that. I go, Eddie Olchek doesn't need you to be like, right, Eddie? And yeah. be like, no, you don't have to do this to anyone. Uh-huh. They're all hockey people. Yeah. He's like, and, what a goal, am I right? And like, yeah, can, like, what's my fucking analysis going to be? <laughs> yep. And that's true. I mean, it does kind of set people up for failure because they either have to agree with <laughs> no, you and just parrot whatever you've said in a f- mildly different way. I wish they'd say no. Or just outright disagree with you and look Pure unprofessional. No. Um, but in any case, the commentary team was bad, the penalty was bad, and it led to a PowerPoint goal by who else? <laughs> Jason Spezza with the go-ahead goal, his second of the power panel playoffs, some p-word, and his second of this series with fifty-two seconds remaining, uh, assisted by Alex Alexander Radulov and Flipper the Dolphin. Uh, it was rather <laughs> unfortunate, but Bomeister screened Bennington, and the puck got back out to Spezza, and he clapped it home. Any comments on this goal? Of course, Flipper the Dolphin, for those who are keeping their box score up to date at home, is in fact Essel Lindell. We need like dolphin dolphin noises yeah. now. <laughs> no, this will be a very fun sounding podcast. <laughs> the theme from Echo, that old video. Oh game. god. Y'all remember Echo? That's no one. That's zero, <laughs> zero people, except for you and me. Yeah, it's just I mean, Bowmeister's in front of Bennington. At first, I was like, "What happened here?" And then I literally—they have a screen or a uh, camera shot of directly like where the puck's going. I'm like, "Oh, that's it!" Fun. Doesn't even look like Bennington's in net because Bo Meester's yeah. just literally standing in front of all of them. I saw somebody tweet with, which is a reference to what we're getting to at the end of this episode. But Bo Meester stepped into the quantum realm and came out in November, <laughs> and boy, uh, did it look like he did. So the Blues entered. They they had a little bit of a flurry after this, but. Only 52 seconds to capitalize on anything, and they entered the second period down 2-1. to one. Any thoughts? Um, I, I would have already thought we were doomed if I oh, was watching this. Oh, and I did. Uh, but they sealed that uh, <laughs> by allowing the Stars to absolutely dominate this period. Um, I don't have the natural stat trick numbers in front of me. I'm sure we'll pull them up. I believe it was the worst period when I looked at it, the second. Um, Stars scored twice, 926, John Klingberg assisted by uh, Tyler Sagan and Matt Zuccarello again. Uh, Schwartz and another Blues forward fail to win a board battle with Zuccarello in the neutral zone. Zuccarello passed the puck to Sagan, who then skates into the offensive zone. He then passes the puck across the ice to Klingberg, and Klingberg walks to the top of the right circle, unopposed, and rifles the puck up and over Bennington's right shoulder. Uh, I mean, it's a pretty run-of-the-mill goal. Mm, Not nearly as brutal as the one we're going to talk about in a second. The goal itself isn't bad. It's what leads to it. There's just... From every highlight I could tell, anytime the Stars got in on us, it was like Blues losing the puck along the boards, Blues losing the puck in the neutral zone, and it would instantly be three Stars players had the other direction with speed. I almost can't even fault our defensemen that much anymore because I think it's it's just forwards getting caught up the ice. And I can't necessarily fault them either because they're trying to push offensively. 
I'm, you gotta fault like genetics because we just don't have fast forwards. Mm-hmm. We have Fabry to an extent. We have Thomas, um, Tarasenko when he really wants to, sort of, kind of, maybe. Mm, Schwartz is run of the mill. <laughs> we just don't have them. Yeah, we don't. We have don't speed. have them. And so when they can turn on a dime, and all of a sudden it's three on two, it's it's our guys just slugging it back there. And I would, I saw tweets from yesterday of people being like they gotta try hard i'm like i'm sure they're trying i really don't want to fault them for like an effort in that case they need to win the board battles though so that their speed's not exposed or their lack of speed isn't exposed Mm -hmm. because once you lose a board battle it's the other direction and you have no hope of catching those guys you just gotta hope your defenseman bail you out or bennington does yeah and there was one play i think in the third period where it was pretty late and petrangelo was hovering back in the zone already when on one of these breakouts and i was Mm. like i'm thankful but why are you back there (laughs) we need to score goals what the hell are you doing like i guess maybe he just came off a change and saw the play developing but he was it looked like he was just loitering in (laughs) our defensive zone but anyway that's later when you're down like by at very least three goal or yeah three goal deficit I never understand. Sometimes they're like, well, we don't want to make it a four-goal deficit. We're mm. going to play some D. Be like, no, it doesn't matter anymore. The yeah. game's over. Just start firing them, man. Yeah, absolutely. Um, there was an unacceptable missed call on Thomas here on a hooking slash interference slash holding slash whatever the hell you want to call so it. Someone mugged him pretty yeah, much. Yeah, pretty much. The Blues finally got a penalty. It was holding on Sunquest. The power play was not... It's worst, but was pretty bad. Uh, but after the power play, we started to build a little bit of momentum. Perron hit a post, uh, but it amounted that may have actually that may have created the darkness that overcame him, as we'll discuss in a minute. <laughs> in a minute, but it led to nothing, and the Stars scored what would end up being uh, kind of the last nail in the coffin. A 17-28 goal by Rupe Hints. I just heard somebody call him like. Ropey or something like Ropey one of the Hines. one of the NBC people too called him like Ropa Hines or something, Ropey. and I'm like, there's no way. Uh, Jamie Ben and, and Alex Radulov assisted here. Bozak failed to hold the puck in the zone. It deflected to center where Radulov took over possession. He then passed to Ben on the right side, and Ben entered the zone. Vince Dunn, what the actual fuck? What actually? What happened? What did you saw this yeah. play back? I, honest to God, believed, like, watching this live, Mm -hmm. I watched it develop, and I thought Vince Dunn doesn't know Jamie Vince there. He just doesn't know, because he's not playing that man at at all. all. And then when I watched it back on the replay, he's looking right at him. Mm. And it's worse. It's much worse. Is this stick even pointed at Ben? It's not even pointed at him. I don't know if his brain just broke. Like, and seriously, like, I, we love Vince Dumb. We praised him a lot on this show. But, like, he does nothing. He does nothing against Jamie Vinn. And when I thought he didn't know anybody was there, in my head I was like, well, you should know the puck went somewhere, and you should know in theory there's someone to your left. <laughs> but I guess someone could, like, sneak up on you. Mm. But when I know he's looking at him and he doesn't make the play, just what the hell happened? Yeah, it's awful. He's within hugging distance of Jamie Ben. I'm glad you saw the same thing, because I thought I was going crazy. Uh, So Ben, unopposed, of course, um, watches, or Dunn watches him pass the puck to Hintz on the back door uh, for the goal. 
No, it was just uh, nothing. It was just nothing from Vince Dunn. But it I was get... so typical of the Blues when they're just when they just give up. Mm-hmm. They're just like, okay. Oh yeah, we'll just let any goal in. Yeah. Again, it's someone losing a board battle though leads to an odd man rush. Not even really an yeah, odd man we rush. We cannot but... win puck battles. Yeah. We were talking with our friend Gif Jeff. Jif uh, Jeff. Oh God, I'm so I'm so sorry, Jeff. As someone told me the other day, what if it's pronounced Gif? <laughs> Does that make him Guy G for something? <laughs> Most people want to watch the world burn, that's for sure. <laughs> Check out those Guy, which, by the way, if you say with the right... I kind of love it. If you say with the right intonation... Uh, no, no. That is a slur. <laughs> that just certainly sounds like one. Kids, uh, don't repeat that to your parents. No, do not. Uh, this has been The More You Know, brought to you by Two <laughs> No Cup Podcast. Do, 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 do. Anyway, uh, Gift Jeff pointed out <laughs> to us vi- via text message rather than a graphic interface or file. Carrier pigeon. Uh, <laughs> that... Uh, we weren't winning the face-offs here, and he and we kind of talked about whether it was a big deal or not, and we made the point about, like, it shouldn't be, mm-hmm. because you should be able to just win the puck back, but we can't, so it has to be better. <laughs> That's the only way we're Especially in the offensive zone, because mm-hmm. we can't establish zone time at all. And so, uh, yeah, with that, I don't know if O'Reilly's playing her. Maybe we can talk about that at the end. Mm. His face-off percentage has been doo-doo, and he's elite at that, so I don't know what's going on. Um, This was when all hell broke loose in the game. Uh, There was a play. This (sighs) I missed all this stuff, and I wish I would have seen it. David. What's become of you, David? (laughs) What? I, I love David Braun. I really do. Everything I, goes away in the end. I know <laughs> I know there's some haters out there. And I and now I sorta of get it. But I love David Perron. And then I saw this piece of shit play <laughs> that didn't actually end up costing us anything and still managed to involve a Dallas player diving. You got a he got a penalty, right? No, they didn't see it. No, they did way. not. No, they didn't see it. They didn't call a penalty on that. Holy this. shit! <laughs> wow. uh, right, <laughs> baffling, isn't it? He only two hands the back of the goalie, <laughs> right who just had the, the puck. So, for those of you that didn't see it, there was a play in the trapezoid behind the net, uh, and it resulted in David Perron just. Like you said, Paul Bunyaning, Ben Bishop, which is appropriate because he's a redwood tree, uh, between the shoulder blades for no damn reason on his back. And Bishop fell down like he'd been shot by Chris Kyle and uh, <laughs> act, just acted like he'd been murdered. Of course, he wasn't. But like as much as I hate the dive on this one, what the fuck, Perron? Yeah. What the fuck are you doing? What the what the shit? Um I, I really, I mean, maybe I maybe I should double check, but I really believe they did not call a penalty on that. And then there was, uh, at the end of the very end of the period, <laughs> Bennington got his little bit of the red mist and stood up and kind of cross-checked Jamie Ben in the face a little sure. bit, like gently, yeah. but like, a, like just kind of a, you know, sort of a thing. And then uh, did you... 
you didn't, didn't hear about that. any of this because then he walked off the off to the tunnel and he passed Ben Bishop on the way and he whacked him on the calf with a stick to just walk down the tunnel. Uh, so the whole team lost it. Yeah, that's like I like that, but at the same time I'm like, oh no, no, no! You got to focus on the the hockey so, game. So yeah, so I had a back and forth with a guy while uh, through the Twitter account while you were away, and the guy basically said, "Well, this is." And I, my point was basically, you're losing your shit. You mm-hmm. can't lose your composure. This is still a series. And if you play like this for period three, the series is over because they're in your head. And to their credit, they did not. It was a clean mm-hmm. game from then on out. It was fine. Um, but somebody re- responded back to me and basically said something to the effect of, well, this is about sending a message for game five. And I was just like, you could have sent that message by winning mm. this game. And I just don't... <sighs> what message are you sending that, like, if you beat us on the scoreboard, we'll be angry about it? So we'll be angry on the yeah. golf course, and they'll be in round three. And, but boy, did we, did we hit them in the calf real hard. Yeah. And they don't like that. Exactly. I mean, that's what it is. Like, it's so dumb. At this point, the messages you're sending mean more for the rivalry next regular season. Mm. Because the rest of this series had better be smash mouth any damn way. Um, So, yeah, Jamie Benn made comments about this, and he said, it was just a bunch of grown men out there acting like donkeys. I don't know what that means. I guess it's directed at our players. I mean, to be fair, it was our guys losing their shit Mm. a lot more than the stars. We've... We've crapped on the stars plenty, but it was our guys doing the fracasing and the nonsense. But I still, like, I just, what what the hell is happening? I you would think it's, what, it's 4-1. I know you're down three goals, but you have a whole period left. Yeah. You've done, you've <laughs> come back to win a game by scoring three in the third. You at least tie it. Like, there's no reason. I'm glad you said that, that they looked like, and I looked at the advanced stats and, like, Course four and all that. It was our best period, the third period. So mm. I'm glad they came back and managed to at least play better hockey out of it. Yeah. And maybe you can talk about how that momentum leads into the next game, but we'll see. Yeah, I just wanna I just searched Ben Bishop because I know he made some comments that I was was hoping to find, but there are a couple of great great tweets. <laughs> Pete Blackburn has the gif of him getting the slash, which actually is less Violent than I thought. Yeah, he definitely taps him hard, but not like a swing. And Bishop collapses like he'd been slain. The more I look (laughs) at it, the more I'm like, Perron shouldn't have done that, but it's a hard dive. Still the idiot, but it's a total dive. And Pete Blackburn says, "Hope Ben Bishop can recover from his severed spine." (laughs) And Spitten Chicklets retweeted and said, "Ben Bishop won most dramatic in high school." Um. You went to high school here, right? Yeah. Probably Shamanad. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I uh, can't find his comments here, but in any case. Uh, yeah. Ruptured disc. Just what a weird way to end the period. I don't get it. I don't, I don't understand any of it. Um, but we came back in the third. We played a much better game uh, overall. And um, I guess that's good. I don't know. We can talk about that. Let's just walk through the period. Uh, 
so yeah, we came back. The Blues dominated the play, but that's sort of a duh situation because yeah. like either it was just a shit show or you dominated the play. Plus and, Dallas is sitting back. Now. Yeah, why are they going to protecting kill a lead? Um, but like I said, most importantly, they cut out the stupid shit. And uh, Robert Thomas has this problem where he is the only play- he was the only player, and I mean the only player who consistently got the puck to the net. Mm-hmm. And then when he get to the net, he'd one eighty and look for a drop pass every single time. <laughs> and I don't understand. I don't like. I know that he's a pass first sort of guy, mm-hmm. but he scored goals in junior. Mm-hmm. He was a captain and he won the Memorial Cup and shit. Like, what the fuck happened? <laughs> I love Robert. I, we love Robert Thomas, but like, st- start shooting, kid. And that, I tweeted all this out, and then he immediately stopped spinning and started shooting, and he scored a damn goal. His first ever career playoff goal. Hopefully, the first of very, very mm-hmm. many. You're welcome, Alex Robert. Petrangelo and Ryan O'Reilly assisted. Uh, Schwartz passed from down low to O'Reilly at the blue line, who then passed the puck left to Petrangelo. Petrangelo wound up and fired the puck on net. Bishop made the save with his goal stick, but lost it in the process. Dunn cross-checked his man down to the ice. Nice. It was like a weird (laughs) thing where I was like, that's a penalty, but whatever, whatever. As the rebound heads towards them, Thomas collects the puck at the bottom of the left circle, does a circle himself, and actually takes a shot, and by golly, it beats Bishop. (laughs) Bar down on the short side. I like your your analysis of this. (laughs) I was like, cheapers. (laughs) And, yeah, I mean, it was a freaking laser. What the? (laughs) You've been holding out this shit? This whole time? And he's like our best possession guy right now, too. It's like, start firing it. He's insane this series. It's going, like, underreported how frigging good he's been this series. Even if we lose this thing, you know, whatever. But, like, he's like the shining beacon of hope. Oh, my God. I know. He's like the... Oh, he's so good. But, yeah, like, so... (laughs) Last summer we talked about Robert Thomas, and this summer we'll be talking about Robert Thomas. (laughs) So the Blues, like, they came back. They fought for it. Never looked like threatening to go three. I mean, they got some chances What did late. you think about the O'Reilly goal, non-goal? He, like, banked it off of Bishop in the back. Bishop flicked it out. Oh, yeah. And there were all these pictures on Twitter I found where people were like, ooh, looked awfully close. It looks, like, right on the line, and his glove's I not even there yet. I he got that in. Apparently, they said they looked at it a billion times and they couldn't find a shot where it was over the line. But man, there's some shots where it's on the line. You got to guess it's moving. Imagine if they had some sort of technology that could determine these things. Yeah, I thought he put that in just live. Mm -hmm. It was enough of a delay, you know, that feeling where it's like, oh, well, that should have been in because where the fuck else was it? (laughs) But I didn't think much of it. I hadn't seen any of the angles. Do you think it was in? I don't. I never saw one where it was in. Mm-hmm. It's just a lot of. You would think, given its trajectory and where a lot of these stills are, where Bishop doesn't even have his glove there yet, that it probably went in. Mm-hmm. But even then, it's probably by centimeters or yada yada. And I'm enough of a pessimist still that counts. I say four three. Ah, they still lose. <laughs> probably. I mean, it's possible. No, but yeah. Any goal counts, or you know, an extra goal counts, but I'm not going to hang my hat on it. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to cry foul too much um although if you know if you did aggregate and you took away the goal that they scored uh on the crap 
penalty mm-hmm. call in this game, and you took away the goal <laughs> they scored when the whistle was blown in game one, and you gave us O'Reilly's goal, there's a win, so that's how it works. Clean sweep. <laughs> but, yeah, it was... There wasn't a lot left here. I can't decide... Um, well, let me just read the stats first. The Stars outshot us 31-29, to 29, won 59% of the faceoffs, and were 1-for-2 on the power play while we were 1-for-3. The Stars got more of the hits, 30-28, to 28, more of the blocks, 20-10, to 10, and had one more giveaway, although that's hard to believe. I cannot decide whether mm. I'm happier or angrier because of the third period. <laughs> and this is the emotional dilemma that the Blues put me through all the time. On the one hand, I'm very happy that they cut the nonsense out and played a much better game, and it gives me the slimmest of hope that maybe we just play well tomorrow night and just win the game. Mm. On the other hand, I'm very angry that they couldn't <laughs> play like this from the beginning because it really wasn't like no part of this game was just the Stars playing. I mean, it was the Stars playing better than us, mm. But it wasn't because we were playing our best and they went one gear further. It never is with this team. It never is. It just never, ever, ever, ever is. And um, <laughs> I, I don't know how to feel. So tell me how to feel. How would you feel if you'd watched this game? Uh, I said after our win in game three that really, if they lost game four, not a big deal. Because at least they only got one win's worth of momentum. And it's only tied. It's not like when the Jets won two in a row after our two in a row. And then we're like, oh no, they have all the momentum. Even though we ended up winning game five. So having seen that we won game five after two losses in a row, I do feel like we can win a game five after just one loss. And at home, when our last game five was on the road or whatever. Even though we're game pretty good on the road. Home, though. Is this our first road loss? Yes. Well, we're fucked then. Then nothing makes sense anymore. <laughs> we're not great in game fives at home either, historically. I... <sighs> it's a different era. Robert Thomas is here. What feels weird to me, too, is if they lose tomorrow... It's over. I still feel for the first time that this team could win, like, two in a row. Like, I'm like, you know what? I, I'm not going to bank on it. I'm not betting money on it. I'm not betting my 401k. So many, re- so many people on Twitter are fucking stupid. Um, do people do that? I mean, it's all jokes, but it's like, you believe that much in this team? I'm not even going to joke about that. Have you watched this team ever, Joey yeah. Palazzola? Is his account still active? It is. Fucking liar. Did he address it? I don't know. I'm going to call him on it. I'm calling him on it every day. <laughs> I agree with you, but I also like the level of like importance we're putting on this. Like, Did he address this? Was this on C-SPAN in front of Congress? <laughs> What did Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez have to <laughs> oh, say? Oh, she'd about? be all over She'd be Joey. grilling him. Go, AOC, go. Um, yeah, I mean, I still believe this team can win the series. Even if they go down 3-2, I believe less. But I still like... So my point Ooh, please is... Please don't, though. Please don't do no, that. please don't. My point is, when it's tied 2-2 here, I still feel good about them. Is it your... Note here about the streamers and confetti true. Oh, yeah. Dallas shot out streamers after this game. We gonna beat them in five games. Are you, fucking, right. are you fucking stupid? How stupid are people? Like, I can't believe Dallas is like, yeah, let's shoot out streamers for that one. Were they ready for game three? I'm not even... Or is that what they, I, they, they were like? They must have been. Oh, man. Game three win. 
I'm not even superstitious. It's not even a superstition thing. It's like a how dumb can you be sort of a thing. Uh, seriously, honestly, Why are God. you celebrating an incomplete job? Like, I wouldn't be okay with it yeah. for a series win at I this I was going to say, I wouldn't be happy with that if this was even the Blues doing it. This isn't me just railing on Dallas. No, it's dumb. I'd be like... And, we and didn't win anything. Like I said, if this was game, if they, if we lose tomorrow, mm. and then we lose game six in Dallas, they shouldn't even do it then because yeah. your job's half done. <laughs> I should drop a drop a banner that says <laughs> yeah. halfway there. <laughs> one of the Predators triangle one. half cup champions <laughs> or some bullshit. But yeah, it's just oh, what are you doing? Western Conference. Finalist, <laughs> Steve. Um, but da- hockey is back in Dallas, Stephen. Oh God! They've told me a hundred thousand times. Friggin' Cotton Bowl, baby. The worst part about the Blues potentially winning the Cup is that I got to hear this fucking NBC crew fucking call that shit. At least it'll be Doc. God. But you know Pierre's going to be there. Oh, he's going to ruin it. Hide John Kelly outside the room and just have him hop on with Doc for the last five minutes. That's the one time he can yell, start yelling like, thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh, and God. Unbelievable. I would, That's the, I would weep like oh, yeah. a baby if he did it then. I want Darren Pang, who I think hates Pierre Maguire, I'm pretty sure, like go jump over Does the glass really? and just ramble him. Well, just from the one argument they had on TSN that one time. Oh, yeah. Or they politely, like, Canadianly disagreed as angrily as they could. Darren Pang on Spit and Chicklets this week. Got to check that out. That's going to be interesting. I cannot imagine, like, a more... We're gonna we're gonna validate our our long held theory that Darren swears like a sailor when he's oh, I'd love in the it. right company. I'm sure we are. Uh, some folks have already listened and they're like, "No, he was an angel." Damn <laughs> it. But I don't believe it. Um, we, you wrote some analysis of this yeah. game. I don't want to just read what you wrote. So why don't you? How did you walk us through it? From what I saw in my limited time with this game, uh, there were some positives and a lot of negatives. We've gone over Accentuate some of these. Accentuate the positives. <laughs> I cannot. That's a real song <laughs> from Fallout. I will not. Probably real life, too. Probably. Well, I mean, Fallout is in Don't real life. Don't mess with Mr. In-Between. You know the song. People people know the song. Yeah. I like the bongo, bongo, bongo. Oh, Don't yeah. want to leave the so Congo. Is that a real song? Oh, yeah. They're all real songs. They all Some of them are, though. Aren't they? No, they're, they're all, all real. They wow. all existed before Fallout, and none of them were made Some of those Fallout. are so extremely... Oh, about crawl out for the fallout. Yeah, there you go. What the fuck? <laughs> this was the Cold War era 1960s, Ian. Welcome to I, our parents' generation, or at least my parents' generation. Yeah, but like, would you... Do people make songs about like... I don't think like, these were like smash radio. Okay. <laughs> I was like, do I think make they were like the Weird Al songs of the 1970s. rising sea levels? Yeah, <laughs> probably somebody somewhere. Oh, boy. That'll okay. be when they make Fallout Waterworld. That's going to be... <laughs> Water, Waterworld is onto something. Fallout Aquarius. Fallout... What's the... Atlantis. There we go. Fallout Aquarius. <laughs> <laughs> this is the dawning... See, somebody wrote that damn song. <laughs> People write stupid and shit. Back to us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry. Yeah, positives. Accentuate them. Uh, third period, we talked about looked much better. Uh, Robert Thomas looked really great when moved up with Schwartz and O'Reilly. I give Craig Brewery full marks for that. 
Good job. He's making on-the-fly line changes. Good for him. Mm -hmm. That man has proved to me that he deserves to be the next full-time head coach fired by Doug Armstrong. Hey! He really has proven it. And congratulations to him. That's a step up for you. I mean, that's what you think was going to happen, but Uh, now you've accepted it wholeheartedly. Now I'm like, he deserves it. Yeah. He deserves his chance to join the ranks of the number of coaches fired by Doug Armstrong for not doing a good nut job. (laughs) I welcome that day. (laughs) Uh, Robert Thomas led the team in Corsi 4 percentage at 70%. He had time on ice of Jesus. 60 minutes. That's like a five-minute hike, by the way. Yeah. I don't want to say Craig Berube rides my, reads my articles at thehockeywriter.com and applies my analysis to real life, but it is the second time it's happened. This Someone playoffs. at the Blues did find your article. That's true. It could have been Craig Berube. I bet he had <laughs> Put a... this shit up on the board. <laughs> I'm tired of this guy Craig, railing this Craig team. Craig Berube had a big part in the Hey Buddy, We're Here video. Craig, you got any thoughts? Because oh, I got lots of thoughts. We're here. That's my thought. That's my thought. Hey, buddy. I'm Chaser saying. Uh, Bennington, I didn't see any of it, but I heard about Bennington getting a little uh, riled up with Ben Ooh, and Bishop. He's, he's got crazy. I like it. If I love there's it. ever an NHL goalie fight again, Jordan Bennington's going to be one of the combatants. Mm. I think it almost happened t- last night. God, I would pay so much money. Like I don't want. That's fi- the tipping. Point I don't that really I'm okay want. For, yeah, exactly. Like, I don't yeah, really I want it. fighting in the league at all. But goalie fighting, oh, give it mm-hmm. to me. Oh, that yeah. long skate where they just have to like lumber, <laughs> like they're the friggin' uh, Hulk Buster Iron Man <laughs> all the way, which is not an Avengers Endgame mm-hmm. spoiler. Oh, it it's in a does moment. not appear. Oh, does it? I believe it. The oh yeah. Oh, of the, we well, have to get to the spoiler. Oh, anyway. <laughs> oh boy, I was about to trip over a goddamn minefield. Um, there are no minefields in Avenger Endgame. Oh, Jesus. That guy <laughs> that's in the World War II minefields yep. is out. He's done. But yeah, the, that little bit we just laughed through was all the fun of this game, I believe. Now would you like to eliminate the negatives? That's the other half of that I song. mean, I hope we'd eliminate them, but we don't know for sure. Uh, we mentioned it. This team is painfully slow compared to the Stars. They're constantly getting beaten off the rush. And that's where most of the star scoring chances are coming from. The Blues also are being painfully outchanced in the high danger areas. Dallas had 13 high danger chances last night to the Blues four. Two of Dallas's goals were from high danger areas last night as well. Despite the Blues' power play goal, their power play still looks anemic. It still does make zero movement. Zero <laughs> movement. The puck moves. No one else moves. Uh, you get Tarasenko loading up from either side. Great. Everyone else is there to service as a body. <laughs> um, team is losing board battles all night. We mentioned that the Blues are getting schooled in the faceoffs or faceoff dot by the Stars. We mentioned this wouldn't be such a big deal if it weren't for the fact that that's the only way we're generating any possession, anyways. Mm-hmm. So kind of a big deal. Bozak, I believe, was under thirty percent last night. And he had the better Corsi four. I, I guess they're winning board battles. Shit, I don't know. Um, and then we already talked about sending the message. Stupid. Uh, can we linger on that a little longer? Yeah. We're going we're gonna to dive into some troglodyte thinking later on. But let's just preview it right now. You don't need a physical element to your game if you just win games. Mm-hmm. It's a myth. It's a falsehood. It's nonsense. Do you think... Columbus beat the 
Lightning because they were the only physical team. No, they beat the Lightning because they played better than the Lightning. Do you think Calgary versus Colorado with Nathan McKinnon on the ice was real physical? Nathan McKinnon and Johnny Goodrow throw hands a lot in that series? No, Colorado just won four games. And I just, I'm just tired. Of, I'm just tired of that thinking. I always think though, like, what message did Chicago physically send to the Blues? What message did L.A., who was a heavy team and hitting us, like physically send and go out of their way to send to the Blues when they beat us? How about Minnesota when they beat us in six games in whatever 2015, 2014, whatever the hell it was? Like, what was it? What did they? What did they show? What, did you I, accidentally summon me? I did, Siri. Thank yeah. you for the interruption. In our anger. In our goddamn <laughs> anger. <laughs> Thanks, Siri. You can We're go sponsored by Apple. Indeed. Yeah. Um, exa- I, just, I just don't like... And it's moving. That was back then. That was in 13, 14, 15. We're moving even further away from that, and people weren't doing it back then. If you watch the game from, like, 2010 to now, there's even less, like physicality and like the playoffs in terms of just like dirty shit i mean people are still hitting but you're not getting all this weird extracurricular crap all the time which i think is fun from a third party fans perspective you want to see a little like back and forth from the two teams you're watching but like for your team you don't you don't need the blues beating the stars in that way we've talked about how we think the blues overall are a better team be Mm -hmm. the better team well yeah and what pisses me off is and we can are we done with this game? Should we go ahead and This transition? game's over. Somebody thinks there's someone out there. There's multiple someones out there. The so thing, many. The Bruins won tonight because of what Brad Marchand did in game three. A game they lost. Absolutely not. Well, but 100% <laughs> there are people who oh, think no. that, right? Oh, yeah, but those people are like... Idiots? Clinical psychopaths. <laughs> so... This is going to be rag on Brad Marchand time for a little bit. And if that's, that's not fine. what you dig about our podcast, have a good day. No, we're going we're gonna to do a big... We're gonna a do good a, day to you, sir. A big Avengers thing at the end. However, if you also don't want Avengers spoilers, we'll see you next time. A good day to you, sir. But I just... For those that didn't see it in Game 3 of the Boston-Columbus series... During a post-whistle scrum, Brad Marchand punched Steve Harrington, which does not sound like an NHL player. I'm pretty sure that's the guy that does, like, lawns for the parks department. Is Steve Harrington not the guy in um, Stranger Things? Is that not Steve Harrington? You're right, it is. Right? Or that's why like it that? sounds so familiar. No, I think it's exactly that. Okay. My brain hurts. <laughs> I was like, I've maybe this, this is the real before. Steve. Har- maybe, maybe this guy's name isn't Steve Harrington, and Steve Dangle just kept saying Steve Harrington. I got some shit to look up. You got to look up if it's the Steve from <laughs> from Stranger Things, and whether this guy is actually Steve Harrington. But in any case, he punched him in the back of the head while his back was turned. Obviously, a love tap. Some people might say. Any answers yet, or should I keep going? No, keep, keep going. going. Continue. Brad Marchand very clearly looks both ways to make sure the officials aren't watching before he punches Steve Harrington and then skates away. You know, like a crime. <laughs> when you 
look around to make sure cops aren't watching you, and then you do a thing, and then you flee the scene of the thing that you have just done, you have committed a crime, a criminal activity. <laughs> and I'm not suggesting Brad Marchand should be locked away for this. I think he should be wa- wa- locked away for public indecency for looking like he does facially, <laughs> but he can't really control that entirely. He can control uh, it a plastic little bit. Surgery. But, and he can afford it because Scott he gets Harrington. paid a lot of money and the NHL never... Scott Harrington? Sorry. Yeah. So, no, you're... you're very, thank you, because I definitely just inserted Steve Harrington. But it's close. Uh, you're right. You're right. Um... Yeah, so Brad Marchand has a lot of money, and he never has to give any of the money back to the NHL because, of course, they didn't suspend him for this because, of course, I mean, they've only suspended him six times, and he only got two talking to's last playoffs about shitty bullshit, stupid behavior. And there was some tweet, John Shannon, is he like a Sportsnet yeah, guy? Yeah, yep. Can you look up his tweet on there, or would you rather I do it? No, It'll go be ahead. too hard for you. He, he, <laughs> on my just, iPad. Yeah, not because you're I also, illiterate. <laughs> I also possess no fingers. <laughs> but he had some bullshit tweet about the the Bruins have promised they'll deal with this oh, internally. Yeah. And I couldn't tell if it was like, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, this is bullshit, but it didn't read like that. Brad Marchand is a human pile of garbage. He's a very phenomenally good hockey player, but he can't let himself just be a phenomenally good hockey player. He has to also be a human pile of garbage. And when human piles of garbage do things over and over again on the ice, they are supposed to be punished more and more severely for the garbage things that they do. And this was a garbage thing. If... I'll just, just to be impartial, if Jamie Vinn did that to David Perron, would I think they should suspend Jamie Vinn? Probably not. Mm-hmm. I think Jamie Vinn's an asshole. I think David Perron is the wrong target for it, obviously. In that case, it was just the first two names came to my head. But here's the thing. We can say, well, Marchand shouldn't be treated any differently just because he's done stuff before. But in fact... He should, and mm. the rules are written so that he ought to be, yeah. and he's not being, and that's a big problem. You got 100 points, and so they said, we can't, we don't want to change the game, we don't want to change the series by getting rid of this 100-point player. And that's all it is. Mm-hmm. They'll change a series by getting rid of a, a very, 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 very good third-line center mm-hmm. on the... Maple Leafs and let the Blue Jack and let the Bruins win for the second straight year because Nazem Kadri got the red mist and I'm fine with that. By the way, what Nazem Kadri did to get a suspension this time was preposterous. Mm. He should have been suspended arguably longer than he was, but they have no problem doing that. They can't do it to Brad Marchand. Why is that? Is it because he's real Canadian? Is it because he's a better player? What is it? Some people have speculated that. Who's the owner of the Bruins? Do you remember the owner's name? Oh, shit. Anyways. <laughs> I don't think his last name shit. <laughs> <laughs> Might as well be. That he's like, he's one of those like senior level owners. He's one of those guys that's owned a team for a long time and has a lot of clout with like the NHL. Jeremy M. Jacobs. Yep, Jeremy Jacobs. That's right. You got... Yeah. And that basically you can be like, no, 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 no. 
Don't I don't. I don't want. We're not going to get the suspension, and they'll and they'll be like, "Okay, Jeremy, if you say so," because you've owned the Bruins for a bazillion years, and you're kind of a giant fucking prick, and we don't want to deal with that stuff. Mm. That's a theory. I don't know if it's true. Seems plausible. Uh, John Shannon here said NHL will not be adding any supplementary discipline for Brad Marchand after last night, but rest assured the Bruins will deal with his antics just as they did with the licking episodes during the 2018 playoffs. This will be dealt with internally. And I believe uh, Jeff, Gif Jeff, pointed out to us too that, like, that's the craziest tweet because you're not going to deal with a guy that punched a guy in the back of the head. This is the same guy that you had to be talking to about two separate licking incidences, <laughs> and that's how you have to reference him. That is your reference point for this man. And in fact, he's done worse than that. You're using like the, the light stuff. Of all things was like the mildest thing he's done. But, the grossest. Yeah. But the least dangerous. <laughs> Although he probably has chlamydia. What so. if he has open sores? Yeah, that's very possible. So I shouldn't condescend, but. <laughs> Not to the open source community. This league, there's such a there's such a different element to hockey because this sort of stuff is still a part of the game in whatever skeletal form. And we'll talk about it in a minute with Chaser's comments. But whatever ghost of a former enforcer rule that there still is, whatever mm. code of conduct there is. If there was a guy that continually pulled this crap in Major League Baseball, they'd just say, bye, you're done, you're gone. Mm. Same in the NBA. It's probably the same in the NFL. If you just cap... I mean, I know there are some guys that are just like... I got a whole other ball of wax going on, yeah. But yeah, but like... With, with Marshand... There's and with Tom Wilson and with whoever, there's the constant like, where is the line? Is it here? Is it here? Did he cross it? Did he mm. not cross it? It's stupid. Send the guy a message loud and clear enough that he cuts this shit out. You did it to Tom Wilson. You did it to Tom Wilson. And he stopped. Maybe he hasn't stopped forever, but he sure did stop for the rest of the season. I don't think he committed a penalty in the playoffs. Do it to Brad Marchand and hit him where it hurts. Cost the Bruins the playoffs because of what he did. They yeah, don't deserve stop, a Stanley yeah. Cup. They don't deserve a shot. If he's shitty, let him be shitty. And and um, Dangle made a really good point about the Esselindel dive a couple of times where he talked about, like, the punishment wasn't just that he got the two-minute penalty. It was also, wrapped into the punishment, was the fact that he went down on the final goal, and whether or not it was a penalty, there wasn't any of a billion parallel universes where the rest call a penalty there, because they see that it's Lindell, and they don't give a damn. Mm. And that was the punishment. The punishment was self-contained. He, he cost his team the game, not just by getting an offsetting minor to not have a penalty when he dove, but also by later possibly being actually penalized and not getting anything called for it because he was a diver and they weren't going to call anything for it. When does Marchand have to learn that lesson? Because it's not now, apparently. Never. It's a regular season, maybe. Pierre Lebrun tweeted the video and said, 
just said unacceptable. Yeah. And then Kelly Chase, for whom I have a lot of respect, but a lot of contempt in mm-hmm. some ways, re- replied to this, retweeted it, and said, Easy, bud. There's still a game within the game, and that's why you have stories to write, and fans have players they love to hate. It's a love tap on the helmet. Relax. Now... Let's break all of this down. We don't actually have time to unpack all of this, mm. but a couple of points I'd like to make. First of all, Pierre LeBron's not your butt, bud. He's better at his job uh, than you ever were at your job. Shut the fuck up and don't condescend to I people hate, that are smarter than I you. I hate easy bud. That's like red I mist. Hate, like, pal, any of that shit. And it's such a, like, with, with Chase, it's such a, like, well, if, you know... <laughs> No offense to Chase, but you know he's the kind of dude that's like, what, you want to talk about it in an alley somewhere? And it's like, no, because Pierre LeBron's a professional. Mm-hmm. He's giving a professional opinion. And yeah, you could kick his ass. Great. Yeah, Good for you. Cool. Game within a game. What part of the game within a game is clocking a dude in the brainstem? Tell me what part. If that's the game within the game, then there should just be the game. And there shouldn't be another game within it. Because that's a stupid game. It's like putting Brink. It's like if you put an arcade machine with with Brink in the middle of, like, Halo 5. And it's like, look, it's a game within a game. And it's like, nobody's going to that console and playing fucking Brink. Because this is Halo 5 and it's a good game and Brink was a piece mm. of shit. All the, all, the Echo, people, <laughs> all the people who friggin' just loved Brink are gonna revolt against Did this Did anyone here again. play Paper Mario 2? Oh, maybe. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I mean, it's a weird analogy. It just popped into my head. But, like, fuck the game within a game. Well, this the, is the playoffs. There's the one game. You're playing the game. And that's a whole different era. And I think, I mean, oh, does he have... I think he had some other tweet after this, too, where he was basically like... I would deal with this, like, if it was me, we'd be dealing with this differently, or yeah. yada yada. Something about basically him being on the Blue Jackets. But guess what? You could have dealt with it differently back when you played, just like that. They, No one else can deal with yeah. Brad Marchand like you would deal if with him in the 90s. Boone Jenner goes over and punches him in the face, Boone Jenner gives the Bruins a power play. Yeah. And also, Brad Marchand, because he's a cowardly little shit intentionally did this behind everyone's back and skated away. It's not a game within a game. It's not gamesmanship. It's cowardice. Mm. And you of all people, if you're such a big bad bully, should recognize That's that. That's why I don't get why is this is dude is like the opposite of what you I'm would an enforcer. want. Yeah. And he's like, oh, but just leave him alone. I'm like, no. You even just said you'd be the dude that would go punch and beat him up because what did he do? Did he do something wrong? Oh, he did. So then he should be punished for it. And because you can't fight him anymore, you have to punish him in a different way. You can't police the, That's what I fucking hate. You can't police the game by fighting, but then these people refuse, the NHL refused to police the game themselves. So then who does it? No one does it. There's no, there's no policing. And when there is, it's really like hit and miss. Oh, we're going to spend this guy, or we're not going to spend that guy. Yeah. Oh, this thing was all right, this thing wasn't all right. So it's fucking all over the place. It's and then a, you still have these old it's fucks. It's a dartboard. It's an absolute dartboard. He still thinks, like, well, we can go fight him. And, or like, a moving dartboard. Yeah, nobody can go punch this I'm guy. I'm like, you can't. Sometimes, on a, like, with all due respect to Kelly Chase, I think the dude's, de- like, intentionally dense sometimes. Seriously. Yeah. He gets in fights with people on Twitter, and I'm like, no, like, you don't get it. And I was like, no, I don't think you You get it. it. You used to be in the hockey locker room in the 90s. Uh That's different now. 
they're you're both playing hockey. That's it. It's fucking different now, man. It's totally different. And I get that he's involved with hockey and he sees kids playing it. But how can you fucking look at that shit and think it's the same thing? You're it's blinders, and man. You're putting like, on blinders. It's I forget the analogy I made earlier, but it, this is like a I don't want to get too extreme, but this is like the the first thing that popped into my head. But oh this boy, is like a former <laughs> German Soldier, soldier, giving their opinion on the state of Israel. Like, fine, but I don't care about your opinion because yours is exactly the opposite opinion of what I want. Mm -hmm. You know, this is like a, this is like the people who hate baseball trying to tell me how to improve baseball. And it's like, no, because you're not going to like baseball regardless. Mm. So I'm not going to paint the mounds the color of the team or bring the walls into 200 feet so that there's a home run every two seconds because that ruins the game I love, and it's not going to make it a game you love anyway. That's a really good point. You know, it's just, it's it's so backwards. And I'm so tired of this idea that Kelly Chase knows hockey better than I does. Do I do? <laughs> he punched people for a living. He didn't play hockey for a living. Kelly Chase could not have played hockey for a living the way that they do today. Oh and no! Listen, he's amazing. He could kick my ass. He could beat me from here to Wisconsin and kick my ass back. And he's got 30 years on me, and I have no shame in admitting that. He's a badass. He loves this team. He's wonderful, and I admire him in a lot of ways. But I don't really give a damn about his opinion about on-ice code of conduct because it's changed too damn much. Yeah, and he can't acknowledge outdated. that it's changed too damn much. And the one other thing I want to address here is this egregious line about there's a game within a game, and that's why you have stories to write and fans have players they love to hate. This is backwards, and it's always going to be backwards. I get it. But the, the athletes do not create the media. The media creates the athletes. You get to play a sport that you love because people buy tickets and read stories and pay people to cover it and pay the salaries for radio announcers to broadcast it and pay for TV outlets to carry it. The sport didn't just happen magically and then get organized and mm -hmm. then it just was a national multimedia industry because people loved it so very, very much and it was so polished and perfect. God knows that's never been true about the NHL. You have a job, or you had a job, because people like Pierre Lebrun existed and not the other way around and never the other way around. Pierre Lebrun would have been fine if hockey didn't exist. He would have had a very nice career as a baseball reporter or a stock journalist or whatever the fuck mm -hmm. but i just i get tired of this i get tired of this idea and it's so prevalent in hockey i mean it's prevalent in all sports but it's so i'm so sick of the you weren't in the room you never played the game you're right you're right but i did pay you know a thousand dollars of my money a year or whatever mm -hmm. the hell to go to games and that money became your money so shut up and listen to what i have to say <laughs> Hockey likes to pat itself on the back an awful lot. Yeah, and it's just, it's so, it's such a broken sport that it's bizarre that they're choosing to pat themselves on mm -hmm. the back. I'm like, That's, over what? I don't understand it. Um, I guess we can move on and say the Carolina Hurricanes are really good. Are they? I don't 
No. I mean, honestly, I haven't really been watching, but like they look they? really. I mean, they look really good. Are they the team of destiny? Or did the bubble just burst on the Islanders? I don't like. The Carolina Hurricanes are the 2016 Ottawa Senators. Where I'm like, are they? Just, are they good? Are the are the Bruins? Yeah, yes, they are going to make the comp- the final because they're going to escape past the Blue Jackets. And then they're just not, like, everybody's going to be like, look at how good Carolina's been. How can this magical ride stop? And then it's just going to stop. I would love Blue Jackets, Hurricanes. I would just feel like I'm happy for everyone. But it's going to be Bruins, Hurricanes. And, and then the Bruins will beat the Hurricanes. Then the Bruins will win the Cup. Well, the Bruins will have to beat the San Jose Sharks to win the Cup. Jeez Louise. You know what this is? And this isn't spoilers, because you all should have seen Infinity War. This is like when like Thor gets Thanos in the chest, and you're like, you we did it! For the head. Lightning, the lightning are out, the jets are out, Nashville's out, we did it, we won! And then he fucking snaps, and you're like, oh no, it's San Jose Bruins <laughs> in the final! And you're like, shit! <laughs> we fucked up! Before we make the perfectly natural transition to Endgame, though, the Hurricanes are currently powered by the goaltending tandem oh, of Peter Morazic and Mac- Curtis McElhaney. Curtis McElhaney. <laughs> Might as well. Curtis McElhaney. Did he play last game? I don't know. I don't know who started it, actually. But he it doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> Either one is a bullshit goaltender. What if they... Like, Cam Ward was really good for them in their run, but he was also a rookie. What if they won the cup with Mrazic and McElhaney? It's like, wow, so Carolina just wins with whatever shit you have. You'd never Like, that team would never want to find a good goaltender. I was like, I don't again. need it. Be like, eh. <laughs> Which fun. is weird because for the longest time, I mean, they and to the this day, they still need a goalie. This team needs a goalie, yes, and they are in the second round of the playoffs. Needs a goalie, and they're going to sweep the second <laughs> round of the playoffs. They need a goalie so bad. Oh, my God. What? So, and they're also, like, friggin' bombarded by injuries. Really? Svechnikov's been out. Oh, yeah. Uh, who's the guy that got talked about traded? Furland? Furland's been out for a long time. I think Martinuk's been out for a while. Like, they've got, I think all their defense is healthy, and God, their defense must be friggin' amazing. Mm-hmm. But you can buy that. Friggin' what's-his-face will just trade the fuck out of it all. <laughs> God, like, that's the only sour note about friggin' this happening is shit for brains, uh, Tom Dundon, whose name actually is Nigerian for shit for brains, um, did not deserve success. But what a ride it's been. What a ride these playoffs has been. As I said last time, it's almost sad that, um, I mean, it's not sad in any way that the Blues are in it, but there's a way in which I wish I had more of a like a bird's eye view than I do. Mm-hmm. And I'm very much like moment to moment, like, oh shit, what the hell's happening with the Blues? Um, but yeah, Bravo mm-hmm. Hurricanes. Now that we've said they'll sweep, when we next record, it'll probably be three to two. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. I'm ready for a reverse sweep. Doesn't happen since the LA, LA beat the Sharks. Vancouver. I can't remember who it was. Might have been the Sharks. Oh, it was for sure. I remember on Reddit when you get swept, they put a a broom over your team's logo if you have that flair after they fade you. But if you get reverse sweep, which is very rare, 
they put an upside down broom on it, <laughs> and it's the it's the best. I love it. That's awesome. Um, have we finished hockey talk? Mm. Is it time? Mm-hmm. Are we good of time? Uh, we are going to now go into our Avengers in-game review. You know that this podcast by now is 98 100ths, 49.50ths for you math nerds. Uh, a hockey podcast and 150th of Rotten Tomatoes sub <laughs> And this is that 150th we're about to review Avengers Endgame. So if you have not seen it and you do not want spoilers, this is the time to leave and we will actually give you a, a polite musical interlude in which to do so. We will be back uh, Saturday morning, we think. Mm-hmm. Friday night, Saturday morning, sometime. You don't get to control us. You do. We're very sorry. <laughs> uh, but if you don't want Avengers spoilers, now is the time to tune out and we love you and good night. Whatever it takes. Okay, so we're back. Am I Roger or are you Ebert? Um, no, Roger and Ebert. <laughs> Is that how it works? Yeah, yeah, sure. I'll be Siskel. Roper, Ebert. Whatever. <laughs> what the fuck were their names? Roger Roper and, <laughs> Roger Ebert and, and Edgar name. Ebert. <laughs> um, anyway. I've upset Steve when he has the look I up. Who's who? It's, gonna... it's Roger Ebert. And Richard Roper. I'm like 95%. Yes, I think you're right. Robert Roper and Rigor Ebert. Indeed. Dr. Eggman. Cisco and Ebert followed by Ebert and Roper. Yeah. And Ebert's the one that held in there for the longest time, but oh, yeah. is now dead, or is he yeah. still alive? No, he's, no, he's since he had, the, he had like the face cancer thing going on. Yeah. Rough. Um... That was an even longer pre-spoiler interlude. So you could have left. If you're still here now, that's on you. Um, there's going to be some cats that are real fucking pissed. <laughs> the games. God probably. damn it! They're running to every corner of the house, and their super cat hear- hearing is still screwing with them. They are boned. They're clawing the walls. Um, Black Panther came off very good in this movie, though, so they can't be too mm-hmm, upset. That's true. Uh, yeah, let's just dive into it. What did you think? Of Avengers Endgame, which at some point I will call post-game, post-game. or war game or something, <laughs> but I've said it right, I think, so far. I think the best way to sum up this movie for me is that it wasn't the perfect ending for me, mm-hmm. but it was the perfect ending for that series. Some people. Yeah. Oh, that's an interesting take. How, how would you differentiate the two? Oh, man. I think they had, and I think it's a really easy criticism, but I think they had too much going on, which is an easy criticism, both because I think everyone, most people would agree with that to some degree, but also I don't think there's, I don't think there's much you can really cut. There's no Mm. giant big things you can cut out without getting people pissed about it, I think. 
like you could cut stuff out and make the movie still make sense. Mm-hmm. But you'd have people going, "Why wasn't whoever in this? Why didn't they have this line? Why weren't they? Why didn't they do this or that?" Yeah, I don't know. I'm being very non-specific, but it's just like I think there was here. I'll, we can just dive right in. So like. Hulk is now <laughs> Professor Hulk, right? Which I think is in the comics. He's like now yeah, controls. Homage, yeah, for sure. But why? But why did homage? he have to be that? It totally works, totally fine. But I just think it's like a deluge of new things. They go, okay, we're doing time travel now. Hulk's Professor Hulk. Now um, I don't know. Some now Captain Marvel's here, but she's not here. Also, we'll talk about yeah, that. and like there's. There's just a lot of things, and they're like, yeah, now um, Pepper Potts is, is rescue because she needed oh, yeah. she, she to be her actual yeah. name for that. So she needed to be that. But the, there's just a lot of these things because that they just kept putting them in. it's easier to continue to employ Gwyneth Paltrow than it is Robert Downey Jr., which, which is, the stars sounds got insane. But you know what I mean? Like that's that's probably my biggest complaint is just that there was a lot of things where they added and it would probably consider like fan servicey, like, hey, they put that in here. And that's cool, but on top of all the things they were already trying to do, like we gotta establish time travel. We gotta establish how time travel works and we gotta tie up Captain America's story i type iron man story i do all these little things we, everyone has to show up i get that too everyone's got to be there but let's also add all these things that you didn't even really know you needed sort of mm-hmm. yeah, just they put in lots of stuff and it's good there's just like where i'd be like what huh what now huh? that you mention that this is a weird time to add things that's what i mean you're trying to tie things up you're trying to push things in a direction which maybe that's what they're doing when they add all this stuff uh-huh. but like it does feel like shouldn't have this been added somewhere before well, and yeah it's like it's a three-hour uh, runtime you would think they'd try and slim it down a little bit and it's weird it's weird too because they kept like the hulk one is a, a really good example because even throughout the whole 10-year mm-hmm. timeline of the mcu they kept trying to like develop hulk Slash Bruce Banner's character, like, mid-big schmoz movie, because mm-hmm. they could never, like, the one thing MCU never did was work out the formula for a standalone Hulk movie, and God knows they tried 17 <laughs> different times. Although, did Mark Ruffalo ever have a standalone one? No. I don't think he did. So The one that's considered part of Marvel is the one with Edward Norton in okay. it. So that's weird, sort of, too. But anyway... They didn't want to try that, go back to that well again, and I get it. But, like, they used a lot of time in all of these movies to kind of, like, develop Hulk. And it's like, okay, he's got, like, a thing with uh, Black Widow over here, but they don't really go anywhere with that because they don't really have time and then you, to. And then you forget about it because when, she, go, when you, she dies, yeah, they're kind of, he's like, oh, he's sad too. And I'm like, why? And I'm, other than, you Just know, like, losing oh, a friend, I'm like, to bone or I know, I'm like, oh, yeah. And then, so yeah, so the the Professor Hulk thing is like, yeah, just like you said, it's like, okay, this is fun, and it was comedically no, yeah, great, yeah. but it was also like... The only thing I can think of, really, and I guess maybe that's how they wrote a lot of this, they figured out plot points and they kind of wrote backwards, is like... They're not going to have Iron Man wear the glove right away because he has to do it at the end uh-huh. and die. So, like, well, who's who are we going to have snap everyone back to life with all these? And they're like, well, the Hulk, because he's strong enough. Like, well, we can't just have the Hulk. 
He's not going to know what the fuck That's to do. That's a good point. That is exactly why they did it. So they're like, we need him to be smart. <laughs> but it's bad to, like, that's a bad writing. Way to stuff. write it, yeah. Who was he in that cafe with, by the way, when the kid, who was the one that they didn't, oh, Ant-Man. Oh, Ant-Man. They didn't, I couldn't figure it out. Well, I'll, weird transition. Uh, Paul Rudd, Ant-Man, fantastic. Oh, he's terrific. I know he's kind of like the surrogate for, like, the audience, sort of like, wow, everything's really weird and different now. But I loved it. Like, he was oh, he's, perfect for that. He is, like, the only time I've ever really, like, re- not recoiled, because I really like Paul Rudd. Mm-hmm. But the only time back when they were, like, casting all these roles, you know, and, mm-hmm. like, whatever, like, 2014, and you'd be like, oops, so-and-so has been, you know, Brie Larson has been brought on to do Captain Marvel. And you're like, okay. But, like, the only time I ever heard one of those, and I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. Was when it was Paul Rudd for Ant Man, and like they made a good decision doing the like, you what was the word you just used? Not interface, but like the interpreter for oh, the yeah. audience. You used some good word, and I've already forgotten it. But um, they did a good job of that in the first place because instead of having him be Hank Pym, this super smart, kind of inaccessible, like, brilliant scientist, they had him be this kind of, like, very accessible, dopey sort yeah. of crook. And, like, that was brilliant. And I th- I think Scott Lang is a comic book character. I just don't know enough about I, it. To, I like, think he really is the second Ant-Man. But, yeah, but that was, like, a brilliant decision. And then to use him as that sort of interpreter in this installment mm. was great, and he was so good at it. Side comment, first Ant-Man movie, I think it's really good. Mm-hmm. I, really I just watched movie. the second one for the first time. It was fine. It was right. I think it was just weirdly chronologically placed. It was very Thor uh, two, where it's like this is fine. Yeah, exactly. It's just I could it, I never need to watch. It. Yeah, pretty much. You're like, <laughs> all right, fun. let's move me to the next movie and done. I also like it's funny. It's funny to um, go this brief interlude on Ant Man and Wasp. It's funny to we go from the mega catastrophic intergalactic threat that is Thanos to like, hey, this is Ghost and left to her own devices, she'll be dead in a week. <laughs> and she can like be here but also there. That's her power. It's but sometimes like, not. You're yeah. like, okay, well. <laughs> but it really tires her out. And then at the end, she's a good guy. Which, small point. Where's she at? So here's one of my several criticisms. <laughs> Um, and I've got a lot of positives I still want Where's to Where's Lawrence Fishburne? Like, let's talk about this decision to move it five years into the future. Mm. What the fuck was that? So that, and my brother pointed this out, mm-hmm. that serves exclusively, exclusively as a plot device to have Iron, the same way you just said about Hulk. Mm. It's a plot device so that Iron Man has like a kid Mm-hmm. That he can, like, interact with. Yeah. That's why it's five years in the future. And so that, like, Hawkeye can be Ronin for four seconds. Oh, or whatever the fuck. <laughs> but, like, <laughs> oh, my goodness. Which we can talk about. Yeah, but, like, I'll remember. for everybody else, that fucks everything up. No, yeah. It was just because he was like, we got to keep everything the same. Yeah. And they, like... They had to give him a kid. It bugs me because, like, The kid he, was adorable. Yeah. She had some really sweet moments. But like, yeah. He had so he had Pepper Potts. I don't. I don't have a child. I also don't have a wife. So I don't know. Is that not? Is that like not enough of a like? Oh no. 
and the kid was acted weird and and the thing and is he's like, got like another surrogate like fake kid yeah and also they like, could have just done like pepper pots is pregnant but they couldn't do that because she had to be rescued at some point and so it's like i feel like yeah they like, wrote themselves into a corner I want to say here, times. and I want to repeat several times, amazing, like, really enjoyed oh, this Oh, we movie, really liked it. But I'm just more prone to, like, you've heard us talk about the blues 180 yeah, times, we just <laughs> criticize everything. But, like, they seem to make so many decisions to, like, no pun intended, they had the end game in mind. Mm. And, like you said, it was sort of building backwards, how do we get there? Um, but the five-year thing... So Spider-Man's yeah. whole school, according to IGN reporting from Disney, was snapped away, which is cosmically impossible <laughs> by the rules of the gauntlet. But whatever. <laughs> um, just I mean, I guess, I guess on a universal yeah, scale. Yeah, they were just part of the half. That I guess. I mean, I guess it's not looking at a planet. Yeah. does seem like sort of a coin flip. It's like the Jesse Blake phenomenon yeah. where you're like, well, if you roll a dice six two times, it's still going to be six. Did they make a point of saying like half when they were doing the weird like looking at how much life disappeared right after they lost, you know, right after mm-hmm. at the very beginning of the movie? Did they say like, yep, it looks like half of all life is gone? Or did they say on the planet or did they say? I don't remember what they said. Because you're right. Because technically, technically, and I know this would be too confusing for them, so they just say fuck it. Technically, if it's on a universal scale, Earth, Earth could, could just be, be fucked. Or, yeah, or, or it, it could, could just be, just be everyone's yeah. gone. Yeah, which is another one of my complaints. That snap, mm. just from a pure deus ex machina perspective, perfectly aligned to fuck up Thanos. Thanos. Because here's why. it I'm supposed to believe this totally impartial... Wipe out half the universe, that snap took all four of <laughs> Hawkeye's family members, but left Hawkeye, took all of Peter Parker's school, all of it, or at mm. least like everyone that he's friends with. Mm. So, uh, Mary J, the, the big Asian fella, all those people, mm. they were all gone, they were all dusted along with Peter, even though he's out off in this other planet. It took all three of, uh, Wasp, Hank Pym, and Mrs. Hank Pym while Scott was in the quantum realm, but it didn't touch Scott, which is still in the universe. I assume he wasn't just snap different or whatever. Maybe he I was snap-proof. I don't know. But I'm glad they didn't snap that rat that it, walked over the button and got right, him out. You're right. Also, they didn't really address if it wiped off half of plant life and animal life, too. I think it was supposedly animals, because when they snap them back, Scott's like looking at like, it's like a sunny, and he, or he was looking at like just Birds. He's oh, like okay. it made it look like there was more sort okay. of thing. They should have brought back some of them sick ass uh, Black Panther rhinos. Yeah, that's how they should. Have oh, that okay, shit. if you're gonna add every goddamn thing at that last uh, thing, that last battle, they need those rhinos. They need uh, fucking Ant Man. Yeah, making ants bigger and uh, attacking people. Yeah. I needed. I needed everything. <laughs> Um, but yeah, and then the other one, they leave, the snap leaves all the original Avengers, like, come on. Well, that's, you know, that's part of the, what they gotta do. So, that is, so, I'll say some of the things I enjoyed. Well, do you have a point you want to make now, or? Um. I don't want to just steamroll the conversation. No, I think overall, other than the five-year thing, the best part about the five-year jump 
was the beginning of the movie. The whole like they're all depressed and sad. I'm so glad. So that was that they, good that they dealt with that. And I was so worried that they're gonna jump into like how do we fix it? And they're yeah. like we got it. And I'm like no no no. You can't just like I am everyone dies and be like okay we've we've dealt with that emotionally. Now let's fix it. I'm like no. That'd I be am awful. glad that they like they sat in that mm-hmm. and like. There was a genuine sense of, like, Thanos won. Yeah. And we can talk about Thor at some point, too, because it was like, oh, he just won. Like, it's just over now. Mm-hmm. Um, oh. What was I going to say? Yes, there's that. Second act's time travel. Third act's big battle. I like that all that stuff happened. Um, and that was, like, the way they did that mm-hmm. was that they... They did pick up right where they left off. Right? Yeah, they did because like, they were like, "We got to go find Thanos and get the glove," and that was that wasn't five years later. Right? No, that, that was, was the start. That was like they a, just got Tony back. Afterwards. He was emaciated. Oh yeah, 20, 20 days later, or yeah. whatever. And that's when Captain Marvel shows up for a friggin' sneeze yeah. in did space. We think we both liked. And I think everyone liked that Thanos gets his head just chopped off because you're like, which wow. is especially important because later, not so satisfying as mm-hmm. we'll get to. But, but yeah, that was one I was going to say in earlier in the podcast. The Hulkbuster armor is there for it comes out of the ground. When is it? Oh, in, at, his, in, in his Wakanda. Hut? No, in his hut, like in Thanos's hut on Hulkbuster armor. Is yeah, there. I'm mm. pretty sure because what's his face can't turn into the Hulk yet. He's not Professor Hulk, and he was in the Hulkbuster armor. In Wakanda, um, Bruce Banner, uh-huh. and he comes with them to space. I'm pretty sure, or someone. Anyways, someone's in Hulkbuster armor because it pops out. It pops out of the ground. Oh wow! <laughs> like to grab him, like we, like I dig. That's awesome. <laughs> I'm pretty. I'm like we saw it the one time. I'm 90 percent sure. And it was at 7 a.m. <laughs> but I just remember thinking like, okay, <laughs> it's like. Also, did you feel like I felt like? One percent bad for Thanos because he's like cooking food uh-huh. and like in his fucking hut, and they're oh. like, "Talk, bitch!" Are we gonna chop your head off? The best, like the best thing about Thanos, uh. and infinite credit to them, is like they did such a good job of making mm-hmm. him a villain that he was a thousand percent justified in his own mind, mm-hmm. and he'd done this really hard thing. And he'd sacrificed his daughter to do it. Yeah. And then he's like, okay, now I'm going to go chill on the farm. Like, my yeah, job's I did done. My thing. And he's not trying to be like, okay, I'm God. I've got the Infinity Gauntlet. Like, how did, what did he say happened to them? They all he, he, shattered or he, he dispersed them? He used the stones to destroy the stones. Oh, okay. Which. Yeah, what if they Dragon Balls eat them and they just like flew all over yeah, the fucking right. universe Maybe again? That's fucking. Avengers Endgame 2. <laughs> Re-ending. Get the fucking stone radar. Um, you gotta go to Namek. So, one of the things that Marvel does exceptionally well, better than really any film franchise I've ever seen, is like, way better, by the way, than friggin' Star Wars that's terrible at it, is weaving, like, humor and enjoyment mm-hmm. into a movie without, like, subtracting from the gravitas of the movie or the moment. And this film was, like, a peace de resistance and that like it was incredibly funny Mm. but like so heavy at the same time and i don't i really don't know how they did it and there were times kind of like the diner scene where it maybe went a little farther than it needed to but like i think the time travel stuff lends to that because a lot of funny shit happens in the past you know with them interacting with Uh, themselves and whatnot and it was kind of like a it was a little bit like a clip show 
mm-hmm. in a weird way for a movie. But it felt appropriate because yeah. it was like here's it was a way of kind of saying here's what it, where all we've been without having to do like a you know. Fifteen yeah. years ago, when the event was a nice little whatever. homage, and I really give them a lot of credit for doing like a time travel mm-hmm. movie because a it's confusing, it's still confusing, but it's confusing, and you wouldn't think after Avengers one happens, let's say, if I said, "Hey, in how many years are going to do an Avengers movie, and it's all going to be time travel?" Mm-hmm. Even back then, even though they'd done something that's felt impossible, even after Guardians, and so like. Nah, like, I don't know how the fuck that's going to work. And they were like, screw it, that's what we're going to do. And I mean, it worked. It worked really well. Yeah. As well as it could. And this could have easily just, like, been a piece of shit. Because time travel always fucks shit up. Mm -hmm. And again, like I said, still complicated, but they managed to... You're invested enough in the characters and the story and everything that you don't really question that much of it. And they kind of did the, like, don't think about it too hard thing. Which I kind of respect... Mm-hmm. Because to me, that's better than doing the do think about this very much mm-hmm. and then find that it doesn't work. You're already it's in a comic bu- book movie, so like, if you're just doing, go with yeah, that. and if you're doing time travel, it's much better to say, don't think yeah, about this. Yeah, let's it's just have fun with it. say, look at how smart we are for processing this very realistic <laughs> time travel. It's like, no, you're not. Um, yes, you're, you're good parts. They give a really, they do an amazing job of giving like a perfect resolution for all the original Avengers and I like that they didn't do it so I liked and I didn't like which we'll we'll discuss the didn't like in a minute but I like that they didn't do like a bang all the original Avengers are dead yeah you know and like that would have been too much um you know uh Tony like and the the arcs especially for the big big guys sort of works so perfectly of like Tony was this fight for himself independent asshole who wanted just wanted to even in this movie just wanted to protect his family which did feel a little bit like just rewinding the character development a little bit but fine and uh then you know he sacrifices himself for the ultimate good at the end and Cap gets to go back and and be with his lady and I don't even really remember what they did with Hulk he was just but, half sad at the end. Well, that's the thing. So they was res- he, was they he resolve still Professor Hulk at the yeah. end. So they resolve Iron Man and Captain America. They don't really resolve Thor. They Thor's, kind of Thor's like, a guardian now. Yeah. He's just going like, to be on the Guardian ship. Is he just going to be in Guardians Three? Oh, I'm sure. People loved the interaction he They're had great. at like They're Infinity great. War. And it, I think Chris Hemsworth enjoys doing the comedy stuff. So awesome. Can I say too that like. Fat Thor did not work for me. Like when I saw it, like as it was happening, mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh fuck!" Mm-hmm. Like you serious? But by the end, I was like, "This is okay." And the longer I've sat with it afterwards, I'm like, "I'm totally fine, dude." Because you can't. They were already experimenting with not playing Thor like straight as mm-hmm. like just like he's a god with a hammer, boring. You know, boring as shit. Speaks old timey Shakespearean, whatever. And they experimented more and more with them in Ragnarok and even in Infinity War. And I was glad that even though he's kind of played for comedy a little, you know, mm-hmm. way more so than a lot of other characters, like, you needed you needed someone of comedic value aside from Ant-Man. Oh, and If no- he's going to be your surrogate, you need someone that's just funny in there. Uh-huh. And I think Chris Hemsworth's, like, a good comedic actor, actually, when he's, like, trying to play it like that. And on top of it, it was kind of, like, a nice little heartfelt... He was, his was a lot more 
don't know if I'd call it personal. A lot more, I don't know what I want to call it, homey. Mm-hmm. I don't know, just because it was a Relatable. talk with his, with his mom and stuff. And yeah. just being like, being someone you're not and something like that. It just felt, it didn't feel end of the world. He was like, Tony's protecting his family so they don't die. And Cap needs to like go back to regain the life he once had. Thor's is like, I'm just not feeling so great. And his mom's like, that's all right. Like, so don't worry about this it. This is funny to me. And you kind of pointed that out, too, so I don't want to steal your point. But you made the point about how, like, Thor Ragnarok was all about, like, the whole, like, the driving force mm-hmm. of the movie, the driving subplot, at least, mm-hmm. was kind of like, you don't need your hammer, you don't need Mjolnir, you're the god of thunder. Mm-hmm. Heck, heck, Hella? Hella Hella. broke your hammer, Hecka. (laughs) Hella broke. Hella broke. Exactly. That hammer, Hella broke. (laughs) But yeah, Hella broke Mjolnir, and you don't need it because you're the god of thunder. Mm -hmm. And then Avengers Infinity War was all about you really got to get a fucking hammer. (laughs) Yeah, you got to get some sort of weapons. (laughs) And your whole plot is about you got to get a hammer back. They did a really good job with them, like him and Rocket in that one, where he was like real sad about his brother dying and everything, but his the plot. Or his plot device felt really yeah, weird. Right. And and then this one was the kind of like, you don't need the hammer or the lightning, just be yourself. So. And then the hammer became caps, which we all knew they were gonna yeah. do at some point. Dope which us. was a great so moment. Dope. Yeah, it was an awesome moment and him shouting I knew it. Which is so like that was one of the things Marvel was so good at is that was a tease in Age of Ultron, mm-hmm. which nobody even saw or remembers. <laughs> I had to rewatch the scene, like I knew it happened, but I had to rewatch it to remember how like, that played or out. What movie it was yeah. in. Yeah. And like he they were all like having a drinking game and trying to lift the hammer and like you see Cap wiggle it and Thor like kind of sort of gets out of his seat and you know Cap like could have picked it up but doesn't because he's Cap and he's so virtuous that he doesn't want anybody to know. It's like a perfect scene. <laughs> and then it's like a callback to that perfect scene in this other perfect scene. It's great. That's one of the things that this whole MCU has done so extraordinarily well. But it is kind of weird that, and and Chris Hemsworth is brilliant comedically. Mm-hmm. And, like, his characters evolve so much. Because, like, if you watch Avengers 1, he's the very rigid, like, I'm not playing along. I'm just taking Loki, and we're going back to Asgard. Yeah. And, like, now he's like, I'm going out on a ship with the Guardians of the Galaxy, because yeah, fuck, fuck it. Yeah, fuck it. Actually, it's really cool, and I give Chris Hemsworth lots of credit, because he's the one that pretty much said, if I'm going to do Thor Ragnarok, I'm... Like, we got to do something different. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to do another straightforward, I'm just Thor. Yeah. And I think also with the director helping out. But, yeah. So, like, he's really taken ownership of that character and moved it that way. Mm-hmm. I totally get that people don't necessarily gel with what they did with them in this. They could have easily just made him drunk, period, or what have you. And it's kind of like a visual gag sort of thing. I get that. But I think overall it worked. And I think it's really cool that they pretty much, he's Thor. But he's, like, not the Thor role anymore. Mm. He's literally just going to be, like, a guardian. Does he even have either? I mean, I don't know what weapons he has. but I like he, pro- he must have ended up with one of the hands. I'm sure he's still, like, will have lightning powers and stuff. But, like, literally he's, like, Thor in name mm-hmm. and not Thor in character anymore. And I yeah. think that's really cool that they did that. Yeah, I agree with that. I think the music was bomb in this movie. Mm. Avengers score, the actual theme, 
is so underrated amongst like great musical scores. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I'm not like a musical score snob, but it's just so good at doing exactly what it does all the time, which is like blossom up at the big climactic mm-hmm. moments and they make those moments feel so like cuz like they have the theme playing the whole time but they never let it let it hit that crescendo mm-hmm. and then when it finally does you're like fuck yeah! you know <laughs> uh, the fight scene was bomb but could have been bomber the only th- and I think you pointed this out when we got out the only problem I had with the fight scene was you see everyone fight mm-hmm. you don't necessarily necessarily see everyone like interact while fighting and i'm not saying i need to see every single person talk to everyone but i'm just saying like even in that first um avengers movie they do the whole tracking shot of everyone Mm. the six of them and i know they're not going to do the tracking shot of 40 of them but they have a cool part basically where iron man drops down and like fires his photon cannons off of like cap shield and he Mm. like redirects it to a bunch of people I just wanted a couple more like yeah. those things. I and needed, they did like, have one where like somebody threw Iron Man or something, yeah. but it wasn't oh, the, extensive. The best thing I, th- I can't remember what it was. It was Spider Man pulling someone, pulling a big bad ape looking dude off of somebody, uh-huh. and as he did it, he pulled him into some open clearing, and then there's just a giant ass foot that smashes him, and it's oh, like Ant Man yeah. really big, but it's like just on screen as a foot, uh-huh. and I'm like, I love it. That also, Ant-Man like punches one of those giant flying snakes, like uppercuts it while he's huge. I'm yeah. like, yep, 100% sold. <laughs> just fucking do it. Why isn't this dude like grabbing the ship and just like, yeah, and just <laughs> throwing true. this shit? Yeah. Yeah, I, big I fight scene that. is good. I think my one my one concern going forward, and I guess it's a, com- it's a complaint, it's not really, but I'm interested to see where they go with this. Spider-Man Far From Home is like two months from now, right? Yeah, it's like July July or or something. One or the other. Yeah. I... Supposedly it still belongs to this set of movies. It's considered like a phase four, which Infinity War, the two in between, this one, are all considered. Okay. Anyways. No, that's helpful. Is it going to be five years in the future, though? Yeah, I mean, I think think it's supposed to be after all this stuff. Far From Home sort of tips that off. This movie did a really great job as a resolution for the last 10 years. Mm -hmm. To me, it did dick to set up (laughs) the next 10 years. It did not, to me, it did nothing to serve. It placed everyone. Other than maybe Ant-Man, it did nothing to serve any of the characters that they hope and expect are going to carry this into the future. I really... Sorry, go ahead. I would say, yeah, it placed everyone. Like, Mm. they're all, like, out of place. But, like, I don't know what the fuck they're going to do from there, which is kind of all right. The one that stood out to me the most, and I don't know why... Guardians or Black Panther? was Black Panther. Like, Guardians is like, well, they're going to go into fucking space. I don't Uh, know. But Black Panther is, like, in the movie, fights when he comes back. And then he's at... Kingdom again, right? Yeah. They, oh, yeah, they show him isn't standing the, there. But the final battle's in Wakanda again, isn't it? Or is it not? No, the final battle's, like, where they blew up that Avengers base. That's oh, Everyone yeah, yeah, came yeah, through yeah, the yeah, portals yeah, yeah. and that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, yeah. by the way, that's, like, spine-tingling good. What, when, the like, portals? When it's just Cap standing there alone, there's, like, oh, some yeah. still from afar that's, like, poster-worthy as it's uh. just him against the whole army. And he's like, all right, I guess I'll fight all of them because I'm, I'm kind of like borderline psychopath uh-huh. for like just doing this. Yeah. And then that uh, call back to like, is it Winter Soldier with like Falcon saying like on your left? Mm-hmm. And it opens up. 
Yeah. They had to bring Black Panther back first because people were the most angry. Mm-hmm. They're like, first we show Black Panther <laughs> walk out of the portal before anybody else. Yeah. But like, so that moment is kind of what I'm talking yeah. about because I expected there. I, I I guess what I expected mm-hmm. was that there would be this moment where Thanos had the original Avengers just down and out. Mm-hmm. Like they could not fight. Like it was just done. Yeah. And that's when the plan came to fruition and the people got undusted mm-hmm. and here comes Black Panther and here comes Spider-Man and here come, mm-hmm. you know, whoever else, Guardians, oh, Captain strange, Marvel, yeah. Strange, all these people that presumably are getting more movies of their own, in some cases confirmedly are mm-hmm. getting more movies of their own. Did they show Doctor Strange at all at the end? Like yeah. doing something oh, on like his own? Oh, like at the very end? I don't think so. I mean, not that it matters. but Yeah, but like, and that didn't really happen. Yeah. And like, I get it as it serves as, like, we really wanted to resolve these guys' stories and Cap's, you know, Steve, uh, actor's name, Chris Evans, is done in the role, at least for the foreseeable future. Robert Downey Jr. is done in the role until we want to pay him a lot of money to come back. I did like that in the credits it showed, like, their silhouettes and literally their signatures, signatures. like, they're signing off. Uh, Like, that's pretty neat. Yeah, and, uh... Scarlet ScarJo is done, which her her death scene was great. Yeah, and really that was like another perfect resolution to a story. Mm-hmm. Um, and then weirdly, like Jeremy Renner, I think is going to be like a major player going forward because yeah. he's getting his own is Disney he? Plus show. Oh, is Hawkeye he? and somebody oh. Hawkeye, and F- not Hawkeye. No, Falcon. it's it's Falcon and Winter Soldier. Falcon and Winter Soldier, which but I'm pretty sure no Hawkeye's sense. getting one too. Maybe I'm wrong. okay. So before- how did they write him off? Was he just back with his family? Yeah, he was just chilling with his family okay. again. Okay, so real quick then, because that's like my biggest like laughable thing that they did. Oh, God, because I need to talk about my biggest grown moment. Like, this is like, it was just funny. Like, it doesn't matter, but I just uh, remember thinking, Gee, like, what's the point then? They show, uh, who is it? War Machine on his little, like, he's off in Mexico somewhere talking to Black Widow at the Avengers base after mm-hmm. five years have passed. And he's like, there's a lot of dead people in this cartel. And she's like, I know. And he's, she's like, yeah, this is like Clint Barton. This is like Hawkeye. And you know it. And we got to confront him. Because he's kill- cause for the past five years, he has been on a murder spree. Mm-hmm. He is killing without remorse. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, I know. And actually, I thought she did a really good acting job throughout that whole scene with her. And then Cap coming in actually looked like depressed and just like beaten down and uh-huh. ready to like call it quits. And so then they need him. I don't even remember why they need him. They just need him. They need people to come back to like reconstruct where all the stones were. Okay. But is like, that why they needed him? I don't know why they. Or were they just like we got to get folks? We got to get them back. So they show up to Japan. He's presumably killing more people without remorse. Not presumably. He straight murders yeah. people on screen. Well, he's like on is behind walls and, he's and shit. Full Ronin costume. Yeah, too. he like stabs this dude in the rainy streets after this dude begs for mercy or whatever. I mean, this dude being a yakuza. Yeah, boss, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's but doing still. the whole like vigilante like Punisher thing. Yeah, but he kills but this like, guy all the way. Yeah, he's, he, like committed to the role. He kills this guy. With like Black Widow like behind him, and then Black Widow's like, "You gotta stop. We gotta bring you back." And I think he's like, "I don't know if I can go back." And then cut scene, he's back, and they're like, "Hey, it's Hawkeye," and he's like, "Yeah, 
It's me with long, with slightly longer hair. Looking a little more grizzled. Yeah, you're and, right. And then they move on. I don't and think I thought about that yeah. in the course of the movie, but that... And it's fine. They don't need, like... And then, like, at the, the Soul Stone place, he's like, no, no, because I can't be the same person. And she's like, you already saved me from that life. Yeah. And, like, all that. And it's like, okay, but this is, like, weird. It could have used more scenes, but if they added more scenes, then it would have been even more That's bloated. another thing, so though, I where I wonder it. if, like, they're setting up a Hawkeye movie where it's, like, those five years. Yeah. Or, like him recovering from those five years or like that's I just I tell you what I hate like weird mid prequels like if they were to be like let's explore those five years like Except I don't for care because they which don't is matter the only good Disney movie they've or Star Wars movie they've made under <laughs> yeah. Disney but so that that was the the laughable thing because and what bugged me about it was that that opening scene mm-hmm. <clears throat> excuse me was like so good. Oh, with his family. Because I, I knew it. I was like, they Holy got, they got to show what those people punch. getting dusted. They did a good job too of like bringing you back into the emotion of that, and not yeah. just letting you like, oh, remember how it sucked <coughs> last time? Well, we're here now. They were like, oh no, here's yeah. how you experience this again in a new way. Yeah, I like that a lot. So it felt like undercut when they're like, ah, it's fine. I'm like, yeah. oh. Um. My groan <laughs> moment, which I texted you about, it's not a grill. Like, what they were trying to do was wonderful. Mm. What they did was very sloppy. <laughs> was when, so Captain Marvel in this movie is an actor. I was just like, we can talk about But that. also yeah. very important. So I guess, let me say my thing first, and then we can talk about her more. But, like, there's this moment where she is standing down the hordes of Thanos' enemies and maybe like his wrinkly sorcerer guys yeah. <laughs> or like giant wrinkly guys. One flaccid penis, like, the other <laughs> flaccid penis. But like there's this very, like there's this moment where somebody basically says something to her like, oh, you're going to take us yeah. alone or something yeah. like that. <clears throat> and who is, is it? Rescue that shows up first? No, I think she shows up like last. Okay, but like... Someone's like, she's not alone. Scarlet Witch. Scarlet Witch, I think, maybe very first. And the cool thing about that, I will say, is that she's... Scarlet Witch is fighting one of the female Thanos general Uh in Infinity War. Yeah. And she says something about you're going to die alone, and then like the... um, Black Panther's, like, bodyguard lady and Black Widow show up, and they're like, oh, she's not alone. And so it's just those three. Right. And that's neat. But yes. But it's the it's that scene times every times every, every woman. And I like, like and I like, like here's the the problem with it was the second another woman showed up, I knew I knew what it was going to be. Hmm. And like there's no believability to all these women happen to be in the same spot at all the time. And I'm like girl power wonderful and I'm sure it's awesome. For young women and and old women and all women everywhere to see women portrayed as heroes, and we should do that. But that one particular moment was a bit heavy handed to me. Well, was, and and the other, the, my bigger problem mm-hmm. with it was Captain Marvel was the strongest was of those the, women. That was my issue, or that was the funny part. Was I was like, they're all there. Was that they're, after she flew through the ship? No, I don't think so. I don't think so either. And then, she, but then she, when they all line up, I think they show Valkyrie and somebody else mm-hmm. do some stuff behind her after she flies off. But she flies off, and you see these women no more, like yeah. together. Uh-huh. I mean, they all run up together is kind of neat. But I was like, okay, so she's gone, and Valkyrie is like cutting a, a air snake in half mm-hmm. or whatever. Like neat. 
And then that was it. And I was like, okay, it just felt, you're right. It just felt like we got to have this moment in there versus some of the other ones felt maybe a little more natural Mm -hmm. or maybe, like I said, maybe don't show every single Marvel woman ever. Like Shuri's there from Black Panther. And I'm like, Uh is Michael Douglas going to fight too? Cause like he could be here, but he shouldn't, (laughs) but he shouldn't be like, why is your younger sister with her two laser pistols here? That's everyone though. Cause like, I even forgot that Wasp was there and then she like popped up Uh and I was like, oh sweet. Yeah. But so it's not like a, it's really not a criticism. It was just kind of like a, they could have done that a bit more delicately. Mm -hmm. I feel like. Which is a good mm. synopsis for all of Captain Marvel's Captain involvement Marvel. in this movie. So she is the, the again, deus ex machina that gets... She's literally a tool in this movie. Yeah, yeah, like, you said that perfectly, yeah. so why don't you just... She gets Iron Man back from space, which I always I thought was going to happen, but it sounded stupid. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, that makes sense, but like they wouldn't do that. That seems very straightforward. But they did. She like brings him back down. I don't know if they know who she, she is at this point. Him? You don't know. Ever. Maybe they mentioned it. I mean, we watched it one time, seven a.m. Go I might out have and heard explore it. space, space lady. Did they already know she was? We need to go see this movie. At the end, <laughs> well, at the end of the after credit scene for um, Captain Marvel was literally the pager that they find uh-huh. of Sam Jackson's. Um, Stop, stops working and they're mm-hmm. like why did it stop working and they're in the Avengers place and then they turn around and she's just there and she's like where's Nick Fury so I'm assuming that's where this movie picks up and she's just exploring space and finds them mm-hmm. and brings the, the ship back down um, so yeah so she does that she gets Iron Man back all credit to them too for making Iron Man like thin as shit and he's angry and he's pissed I was so worried that he's going to come down and be like how do, we, how do we do it guys how do we beat him I was like no he's like angry and he goes back to his old um, Ultron-like ways of, like, see, I told you we should have had, like, armor everywhere. Like, this wouldn't have happened if we had, like, all this stuff going on. But you didn't want it to. And he was all pissed at Captain America. I was so happy they didn't just walk they and hug. They did bring back a lot of the, like, Civil War stuff, yeah. which was great. I was so happy that they weren't mm. just, like, we went through a lot, let's hug. Because they could have done that. And it honestly would have made sense. And they got it was, like, back there. Yeah. But they made you, like, You had to earn, earn They it. had to earn it. Yeah. I like that. But yeah, so yes, Captain America or Captain Marvel brings a ship down. Then Captain Marvel by also, hand. yeah, brings another ship down by flying through it, which she did um, at the end of the Captain Marvel movie, uh. which is fine. But like, she's literally like, "How do we? It's the writing thing. We brought a ship here. How in God's name we're we gonna bring well, the ship down? And this is like, let's just have Captain Marvel fly through it. This is a problem. This is always gonna be a problem when you do these big schmozzy. Um. Marvel mm-hmm. movies. It's like Black Panther and his lady mm-hmm. guardian ladies do not belong on a battlefield with Thanos. <laughs> that's not a that's not a thing. You don't send Little Mac to go fight like Ganondorf or something. You just <laughs> don't do it. And like that will always be a thing though. And and it will be, but like the. It's 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 one thing to do it that way, mm-hmm. where it's like okay that doesn't make sense, but like they always have you know, Black Panther looking cool, but looking cool fighting grunts. They never have him yeah. like go try and punch Thanos or whatever. But then the reverse is kind of worse, 
which is the Captain Marvel thing of it's like, oh, she just flew through a ship. Mm-hmm. She can win this battle single-handedly. And she it almost looked like she was, and I was so scared. Yeah. She, like, kept him from Thanos from snapping again, and I was like, oh, no, is she just going to, like, break his hand and then beat him up? I'm like, for the love of God, do not let this happen. Yeah. It, it could have been any character that was just introduced. Could have been fucking Ant-Man holding them back. We're like, right. no. And I was so yeah. That would have been the bad way to do the yeah. like setting out the next thing. I was so happy that he ripped the like power stone off and then just punched her because like okay, so he's gonna keep that from happening at mm. least. Um, but yeah, it was. The, I was gonna say the problem you have with this is it's a, a power level thing where it's like, well, she can be as strong enough to fly through a fucking ship, but she's but Thanos can punch her in the face, mm-hmm. or even you know I think they talked about this and we were watching the half in the bag. Go check out half in the bag. Uh, Red Letter Media. They do this, but they're better at it. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Where it's like Thor and Iron Man and Captain America taking on Thanos with no stones, and he's beating the shit out of them, but then he was about to lose to like six Avengers on his home planet when he had like four stones. Mm. So, and I don't mind that, but like, yeah, they have to like fluctuate power. So it's like, honestly, to me, if they would have pushed Captain Marvel back beyond this movie, like, with Spider-Man and stuff. I don't know how it fits into their plan. But, like, I don't know. They... They could have solved... They could have solved both problems. Yeah. They could have solved both problems without her. They really could have. She added nothing to this movie, Mm -hmm. and yet she was integral. And that's kind of the worst of both worlds. When I thought they were firing at stuff in the... clouds you know Uh like oh shit they're firing at something i was like you know who hasn't shown up yet and it would just be like the same thing they did in age of ultron Uh fucking sam jackson was helicarrying shown up and i was like here comes the goddamn helicarrier for no reason to beat an alien ship would have made zero sense i was like cool but like they could have done that that would have been better or they could have like i don't know how they're getting them out of fucking space actually it would have been kind of neat tony stark literally doing it one more time wouldn't have that been like the full circle, like, he built this fucking Iron Man suit out of scraps. Now he's in space. He's going to make the ship work. They're going to crash land on Earth. And they're like, fucking did it again? I did it one last <laughs> goddamn time. Wouldn't yeah, that have been neat? absolutely. I really don't mean to, like, I really don't mean, like, Captain Marvel as, like, a character is bad. I just mean the way they use her. I mean, I think that's the general criticism everyone's had is that she's not even really a character. She's just, like... Well, she's a god Power thing. in a universe of non-gods. And that's super explorable on your own, like in your own movie. Uh-huh. Cool Superman sort of stuff, you know what I mean? Like, what does this mean to me? How do I, how, what do I fit in this world? But, like, in this thing, you fit as the strongest person. Yeah. It's, it's a Justice League problem. Yeah, you got Batman. Yeah, you got Green Lantern. Yeah, you got The Flash. But you also have Superman. And if you actually watch the last, uh, I don't know why you would have, um... Justice League movie, they literally are losing, and then Superman shows up and they win. So, which is kind of how you have to write it. Yeah, but at the same time, it's awful. But Superman's weak to magic; it doesn't kill him, though. Yeah, and that's it's. It was just like it was a wonderful movie again. No, it was really good. It was just there were. It wasn't as it didn't feel as polished as Infinity War. It did Infinity feel a War all felt, over the place. As as half in the bag said, tight. Like, yeah, it was. I already liked it before this movie, and it just solidified how like, there was good it so was. much shit going on, and it was all so good. And they did such, a, and this was what the actually this was the thing 
that they did in Infinity War so well that I felt they did really badly here was all everybody in Infinity War except for the main five people got like eight minutes of screen time or less. Mm-hmm. And they all seemed so relevant and so significant. And in this, everybody pops back up on the battlefield and then it's a big schmoz. Nobody really gets... Yeah, exactly. You never have a moment where it's like T'Challa like, comes in and does like his thing that saves the whole mm-hmm. game plan. Or and like, that's... And it basically is just like all these people are fighting and then Thanos is in this place mm-hmm. and Thanos is like the MacGuffin that they have to stop. And so none of these people really matter. And then like at the end of it all which we can talk about mm. after you make your point, but like at the end of it all is, isn't really satisfying either. Well, that's why I was just going to kind of wrap up my point by saying like, yeah, it's, that's why I think it wasn't like the perfect ending for me. Uh-huh. I don't know exactly what I would do, but it's not the perfect ending for me, but I think it was the only way they could ever do that with so many characters and you got to show everyone mm. and everyone's got to do a thing. Like even Dr. Strange, like, think did some weird ethereal thing to like five soldiers and then he held back water Mm. like everyone did like a little thing you only got one shot of everyone doing a thing unless they were you know iron man or cap or something um and so to make everyone happy and it worked out generally like i was i enjoyed it and then after the fact i still enjoyed it there's just like you know little parts like well they could have done this better they could have done that Mm. better but yeah i think i think this was an enjoyable time i think infinity war was the better movie. Yeah. Like, I don't want to throw around the word masterpiece, but Infinity War, <laughs> for this genre, yeah. was about as good as you could possibly It was. Be. That's what I mean. When it ended, I still remember thinking this. As it ended, I was like, I don't know. I'm surprised they did it, because I really was going to an Infinity War thinking, this will be this will be how I felt about Endgame. This will be a fun time, but it will be kind of messy. Because, uh-huh. especially after... Um, Ultron, I thought Ultron was fine, but messy. And I was like, it'll probably be the same thing. Ultron they, was fine as the... It was... That's what it was. That's what I mean, but It wasn't like, bad exactly, but, that's what but I was it ex- certainly wasn't good. That's what I was expecting out of Infinity War with even more characters. I'm like, it's going to be hard. I get mm-hmm. it. But it turned. I was like, oh shit, this is really good. And then this movie turned into more of like, better than Ultron still. But I was like, yeah, I enjoyed it. Just kind of all over the place. Yeah. I, th- I think it kind of had to be, like I said, if you trim it and make it like a really good movie, you're missing people, you're missing moments, and then people are going to be like, I really yeah. think something's missing from your really good movie. I think you're either going way shorter, mm-hmm. and then it's just not a good movie, or you're going way longer, mm-hmm. and that's not good either. So they, they arrived at the best place they could, and it really, mm-hmm. I mean, it's a, an amazingly fun movie. I can't wait. I hope at some point you and I get to get them both and just have a marathon day where we watch them back to back and just, just throw popcorn on the screen. Boo. Yeah, exactly. We can throw a camera up and throw it up on the Patreon. We're never going to finish building, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, it was, it was a ton of fun. Absolutely. Go see it. Um, and then you can tell us your thoughts as mm-hmm. people that also watch movies and therefore have equal expertise to us. Pretty much. Any more thoughts on anything? Mm-hmm. You ready to go home? You ready to? Are you ready to embrace our end game when the stars beat us seven to oh, two geez. tomorrow? Seven to two. I don't know. I don't think so. Blues win. Four to three. Oh shit! I don't want to watch that game. <laughs> um, thank you all for bearing with us. If you listened to this whole Infinity War.
Tell us why we're wrong. Slash in-game review. Please at us. Please do very at much, us. Very much, very much at and us. And subscribe and review wherever you get your podcasts. And follow us on Instagram at Two Guys No Cup and Twitter mm-hmm. at, at the same handle. Uh, until the next movie we see together, which will be Detective Pikachu. Oh, uh, a thousand percent. And review on this show mm. when we're in the doldrums of uh, whatever season it is late spring uh until then we'll talk to you later excelsior